Game of Microphones is brought to you by CMG Podcasts. the warrior, I charge you to be brave. In the name of the Father, I charge you to be just. In the name of the Mother, I charge you to defend the innocent. Arise. Brienne of Tarth, a knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Keeping the torch lit through the long night, it's Game of Microphones. With Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, and Lady Rachel of House Fox. Well met, slumbering kings in your tombs and faithful fighters for life, and welcome to Game of Microphones. I'm Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, the nervous as fuck for next week. (laughs) And I'm Sir Rachel of House Fox, Knight of the East Bay by the Sea. In the name of the Father, I charge you to be just. Excellent. You've been knighted, (laughs) huh? I've been knighted. Amazing. Figured I could do it now that there's a woman... A woman knight in our midst. Yeah, <laughs> classic. <laughs> this is episode 112. On this episode of Game of Microphones, we're covering Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 2, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. And in case you're not already aware, this series rewatches from the perspective of someone who's current on the show. That means you've seen up through Season 7. If not, there's still time to be slaughtered like fish in a barrel in the crypts, where everyone thinks you'll be safest, so you don't have to hear these spoilers. (laughs) Warning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Fuck is right, man. This episode, I... I don't even know. I had a really hard time picking a, a top five. So good, for right? For sure. I have this, und- like, I have this sense of dread. I've had it all day long. <laughs> yes. And I, I've here. had, like, this pit in my stomach. And that song that Podrick sings, I'm. it's, like, been in my head all day long. And it's, like... Haunting you? It is. It's, it's haunting me because it... It reminds me of Reigns of Castamere. Yeah. Like, not really the the sound of it, but, like, the lyrics, like, the snow blowing through the empty halls, Jenny dancing with ghosts, like, there's nobody there. Speaking of that, high in the halls of the kings who are gone, Jenny would dance with her ghosts. You know what that made me think of? 
Speaking of the crypts of Winterfell, yeah, I, the I kings thought, I who are it as, gone. Like, in Winterfell and the crypts underneath with all the the dead kings. Yeah, and a dance with ghosts sort of evoked a, an, a like a, a feeling of a fight against the undead to me. So I think it was yeah. kind of foreshadowing that the people in the crypts among the halls <gasps> oh, of the kings fucked. who are gone, you know, are going to be dancing with the ghosts. They're totally <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh, just got goosebumps. Because every everyone thinks the crypts are safe, and I'm sorry, I do not think they're safe at all. Um, <laughs> Especially, there's dead people in the crypts. Oh, dead things like, lurking. Dead kings and direwolves. Like, <sighs> I don't direwolves. I didn't I even think, think of the direwolves. That the crypts are safe at all. I think it's the worst place that they could be. They keep saying throughout this episode, "Oh, it's safest in the crypts. We'll get you down to the crypts where it's safe." You know, as soon as they keep saying it over and over and over oh, that it's God. not safe. It's you not know? safe. It's, it's not safe. It's not going to happen. And then that image of. I don't know if you got this or have watched Titanic. I mean, I when Titanic oh. came out, I was like 12 years old. So I am I was like a Leo DiCaprio freak <laughs> growing up. But um, Sam and little Sam and Gilly on the bed reminded me of this scene or like this moment in time in Titanic when the um, the boat is sinking and like the third class citizens were locked in and they weren't allowed up anymore. And there was like this old couple that was laying on their bed, like holding hands together. Mm -hmm. And there was water like rushing underneath their bed. And there was a mom like singing a lullaby to like her little kids that, you know, they knew that they were going to die. It, Trapped it in was, steerage. Oh my God. It was so those scenes were so awful now that I've watched it as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really remindful for me of that. Um, Makes perfect sense. Impending doom, just laying in bed together. And uh, Gilly is pregnant. I mean, whether she's supposed <laughs> to be pregnant on the show or not, uh, that actress is pregnant. Yeah, yeah, she's totally pregnant. <laughs> Very pregnant. <laughs> you can, um, I think it was Matt or maybe Nick. It's in the, it's in the jaw. Like you get like a, oh, right. he said like that kind he of like a double chin. chin. I think. <laughs> it's like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I noticed right away. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it happens to many pregnant women that you get that little like extra love under your under your jugular there That's funny. so um i mean it's really hard to ha she's extremely pregnant i mean even in that big cloak and that big dress you can see her her bump so <laughs> i don't think she's meant to be pregnant on the show though yeah probably not that's funny <laughs> yeah so why don't we switch it up what is your Ooh, number five my number five the things we do for love brienne Ooh. vouches for jamie Wow. What okay. a scene. Right off the bat, you know, I couldn't help but making this my number five, the start of the episode where Jamie is standing in front of Daenerys and in front of Bran and in front of Sansa and all of these people who he's been essentially lifelong enemies with, at least for the timeline as far as the TV show is concerned. And I mean, Danny, right off the bat, when I was a child, my brother would tell me a bedtime story about the mm. man who murdered our father. And I was like, oh, my God, oh my God. dude, <laughs> there he is right in front of her. <laughs> what a fucked up bedtime story to tell a little girl, too. Like Viserys, what a dick. I was thinking that, too. Right? Like, telling <laughs> her, like, you, horror man. stories about how her dad died before bedtime, like, and the things She's that they would do sleeping to... sleeping, like, <gasps> you know, like, terrified. Oh <laughs> It's crazy. So yeah. this 
evil man who stabbed him in the back and cut his throat, who sat in the Iron Throne and watched his blood poured onto the floor. And I was like, damn it, it sucks that he, you know, he can't explain his actions. He's sitting there and I bet he wishes he could tell her, you know, like your father had wildfire ready to murder the population. Your father was a crazy person. Yeah, but unfortunately he's sworn to protect the king's secrets, you know, so, but if he, (sighs) if he did end up swearing a vow to Danny. He might be able to divulge it to Danny since she's the queen now and the daughter of the Mad King. So if he were to be taken into her service and swear a vow to her, it's it's possible that he could divulge all of the the uh, of Eris's secrets to her the way that Barristan had when he entered her service as her queen's guard. I would think that if he's given an opportunity, he he probably will explain to Danny because I think at this point in the series Danny has kind of come to terms with the fact that her father was a really evil man and I still think it's extremely difficult to like even though she's come to terms with that to face the the person that murdered your father mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I think I think she's really kind of um Maybe surprised by her her feeling when she sees Jamie of of the maybe there's hatred that is bubbling up that she maybe didn't realize was there until she came face to face with her father's killer. Right. Just the fact that he's there at all. It's like that he has the balls to be there. Like Tyrion said, why would he come here alone? You know, with nobody to defend him, like unless he was telling the truth, knowing how he would be received, (laughs) you know, so it's it's. Yeah, he like he knew what he was getting into, you know. Yeah, so um Jamie unfortunately divulges to both Tyrion and Danny that the Lannister forces are not marching north. They're staying in the south and are joined by the Second Sons. Or I'm sorry, the Golden Company. Yeah, and Tyrion is like, what the fuck? Tyrion looks so pissed, too. He like, looks over at, and at so Jamie does like, oh Danny. my god. Danny's like, yeah, she looks, she over, looks at over at Tyrion like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he, it's so funny. Um, Jamie, he says, um, even if we defeat the dead, she'll have more than enough to destroy the survivors. And uh, Dan- Danny's like, we? Right? Yeah, and he said, I promised... I promised you I was going to fight for the living and I'm going to keep that promise. Mm-hmm. Like it's about survival at this point. It's not about, right. it's not about what Cersei's about right now. Exactly. It's, it's about survival. And, uh, it's funny. She looks like, Oh my God. Like he wants to be on our team and, and Tyrion tries to defend him. <laughs> your yeah. grace. I know my brother. And she your like, grace, cuts him off. like you knew your sister. And oh my God, the amount of like venom and just pure authority that she's giving off in this scene is incredible. She seems really, Truly. really strong and in charge in this scene. I, I was, think she's I was really trying to hold back because I, I don't think she wants to berate Tyrion in front of everybody the way she's wanting to internally. Right. But I think that you can, I think it's a very tense room with Jamie Lannister, the oh Kingslayer. Yeah standing right there you have john who's totally lost in thought over the revelation that he learned about last episode <laughs> yeah he is and then to danny's other side you have this very stiff sibling of the man that you love um 
and you're you're face to face with your father's killer and now you're pissed off at your hand and she's doing a really good job keeping herself in check yeah she is really good job (laughs) yeah there's that moment at the end after she lets jamie into her service basically where john sort of like kind of makes brief eye contact with Danny and then turns and walks away. And Danny's left kind of wondering, Oh, where, where's he can't where's even, he, he can't even look at her. Yeah. Without, I was wondering, like when I first watched it, I thought, Oh, they already had the conversation and shit is awkward between the two of them. But later, obviously we realize that's not the case. And he just can't even look at her. Like you said, without like thinking about having to tell her and he just can't do it yet. He's got to work his way yeah. up to it. The only, he only figured out that he could do it like in front of his mother's statue to give him strength. You know what I mean? Later on, and to cement the uh, the truth of it to to make it more believable yeah so we get a little bit of kind of an agreement here between sansa and danny that sansa agrees with danny we can't have the kingslayer here because he tried to kill my dad in the streets of king's landing right and he's it's not safe for him to be here um but I love Jamie here because he he refuses to apologize because they were at war and he was he was defending his family. Right. And he would do it all over again. And so I think I think at least maybe Danny gets that. I think Sansa is surprised because she kind of like she's like sits oh, back like, a little bit and yeah, she's she like, like snaps over crazy? at him. Her head snaps towards him and she's like, what did you just say? Like you wouldn't take it back? You would do it again? She's like amazed by that. And this that's when Bran speaks up and says, the things we do for love, right? And and the look that Jamie gets love. on his face at that moment, he like turns to Bran and kind of looks aghast. And I feel like running through his mind the memory of that instance of pushing Bran and having said that, which it it, it lingers in his memory because he's repeated that same line on other occasions, you know, obviously thinking about that event, that horrible thing yeah. that he did. So when Bran says that, he looks at him with this look on his face. And I think that what he's thinking is, oh, that's the one thing I wouldn't do again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably. And I think he was maybe waiting for Bran to continue that yep. and like call out that he, it, it actually surprised me that they don't know that it was Jamie that pushed Bran out the window. Right. It seems like Bran has just never told anybody. It was only um, Catelyn Stark who kind of deduced it. She, she found figured the hair. Man, yeah. remember she confronted him like you were up there with with uh, Cersei and you know you. Well, he confessed Bran, to her you? when he was her prisoner. Exactly. Too. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the conver- uh, conversation I'm referencing. And and she uh, and he's like. You know, I did it. I did it. <laughs> right. What do you want me to say? It's and I true. didn't feel bad about it. Right. And um, so I think he was trying to like figure out, um, okay, where's this going? Because he knows that's what he said when he pushed Bran out the window. So he, right. I think he, he was kind of like waiting continue. for Bran to Everybody's continue. Everybody's airing their grievances with Jamie, listing all of his actions at this moment. Exactly. You know, so and he, he doesn't. Bran and, would so, take his turn. <laughs> and so now Jamie's kind of like, what is going uh, on here? What is happening? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, amazing. are you going to say it? Are you not going to say it? Right. Like, he's just set his, sitting there in silence until somebody else starts speaking again. But there's a, there's a brief moment too where, um, where you know Tyrion's like, why would he come here alone, knowing how he'd be received if he weren't telling the truth? And Danny has a really clever response to him. Perhaps he trusts his little brother to defend him right up to the moment he slits my throat. So crazy. I was like, oh, that is such a good point because that's exactly how I would play it. You know, if I needed to like (laughs) infiltrate. Oh my God. So Danny questions him here though. Like, well, you've abandoned your house now. Like, why are are you abandoning 
abandoning them now. And I love that Jamie kind of glances over his yep. left shoulder and Looks he back eyes Brienne because so it goes beyond loyalty. It's about survival. And this like triggers her. We get that look of her at her before he says that. And we see that she's kind of anxious, like as all this is unfolding, kind of like nervous for what's about to happen to her, her, her Jamie, you know? So he looks yeah, back at her. her and, Jamie, I love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> look, he looks back at her and mentions what she said to him at the dragon pit. And I think that she has like an epiphany, like a realization in that moment that she's had an effect on him and that he's, he's being real you know he's here be for the cause and because he recognizes the danger and i think that she she realizes that she needs to stand up for him at that moment i do too so she does stand and she goes you know you don't know me well your grace but i know jamie and he is a man of honor and i love that he she straight up calls it out that jamie protected her even though she was his captor and the men that captured both of them tried to rape her. And that's why he lost his hand. Yeah. He, he, he saved her and he lost his hand because, because of it. He basically sacrificed the, one of the most important things that made him Jamie Lannister. His core of it, like the core of his identity. He was his sword exactly. hand, as he said. Exactly. And so I think. It cost him an arm and a leg, you could say. <laughs> And a hand and some <laughs> fingers. <laughs> um, and so I, I don't think that Danny necessarily buys it because she still kind of has that like look on her face. But Sansa listens. Mm -hmm. and she she kind of perks up a little bit. And Brienne, it's uh, it surprised me too not to cut you off, but just mention this quick before we get to the Sansa thing. Um, Brienne mentioned how Jamie basically gave his hand up to pr to protect her from being raped but she didn't mention um how he actually put his life on the line and threw himself in between her and a bear even without his sword hand true you know, that the next episode or That's couple totally episodes right, the later in the maiden fair yeah so like jamie has literally put his life on the line put himself in immediate danger to protect brienne and to to save her life so is she she probably feels like she owes him her life you know and this is a moment where she can begin to repay him at least for that by stepping up she actually turns to sansa i think because she realizes that she has sansa's ear and she goes without him my lady you would not be alive he armored me he armed me with his yeah. valyrian steel sword and he did it because he he promised your mother that he would return you safe to Winterfell. Because he'd sworn an oath to your mother. I mean, what like what a revelation that was probably for, for Sansa. Sansa. Her look on her Jamie, face is like, oh my fucking God. That Jamie dude. Lannister was the reason that she that Brienne was sent to her. Basically. Yeah, I, I was surprised to, to find out that she didn't know this already. That Bri Brienne just it never came up. You know what I mean? Like Jamie Lannister gave me this sword and sent me to protect you. I know. Oh, yes. By the way, this sword is made from your father's sword. <laughs> you know, like, does anybody know right? about oh that? Oh my God, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> like she didn't explain anything about how she ended up <laughs> going to find Sansa or anything like that. You know, it's hilarious. Yeah. So, well, both the Lannister Valyrian steel swords are in Winterfell yeah, now. Yeah, ice is Because Widow's returned. Will is there, too. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, wow. someone someone pointed that out in their live show last night as well. Oh, nice. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I saw that it came up on the podcast, so I will be oh, nice. listening to that tomorrow. Oh, it's all good. You know. Um, but yeah, I think that really surprised Sansa that 
it was Jamie Lannister that um, caused that whole kind of meeting up with Brienne. And absolutely, so she asks him, so you vouch for him. And this is and- a moment of truth for Jamie because he's unsure if Brienne will vouch for him. And the camera zooms in on his face and we get this micro expression of satisfaction that flickers across. Oh my gosh. I it, do. It's like, Did you a, see it? A- he has like a little twinge of his eye. It's yeah, just like it's just so minor and he like smiles with his eyes. I do. It's just so it's a, it's a micro expression, like a true micro expression. Really good um, performance amazing. by him. And and this amazing. is like a monumental moment for Jamie. Having Brienne back him is huge for Jamie because he's he's lived so long as you know, quote unquote, a man without honor. That having the most honorable would be knight in the Seven Kingdoms vouch for his honor is like a redemption in itself, in a way. You know what I mean? And oh, totally. The, the significance of this moment for Jamie can't be overstated. The fact that Brienne, who wouldn't even call him Jamie when when she met him, just called him the Kingslayer, Kingslayer, is now openly telling the crowd here, the queen, the rulers that. Jamie is a man of honor, you know? The significance can't be overstated for Jamie. She doesn't even, she really doesn't even have to think about it. She just says, I do. I vouch I for do. him. I do. And think about that. I do. Where do you I hear do. that? Marriage. Marriage, right? No. You think it's a coincidence yes. that she says, I do here? Or do you think that the writers were trying to hint at something? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think Jamie, I think Brienne is in love i mean i know brianne is in love with jamie but i'm not sure that she herself has accepted that or has even addressed that in her own heart and soul i think that what what you're getting at here is perfectly accurate that she the reason why she can't admit it to herself is because she's she's got post-traumatic stress from that event from her childhood where all the boys that were dancing with her I agree. Yeah. So like whenever he is trying to be sincere with her, like when he's complimenting her later in the episode, she like she's battling wanting to accept it, but simultaneously not trusting it because she's basically, waiting for him to make fun of her, say yeah, like some asshole comment. Jamie is like the poster boy of of the archetype for those kids that would pick on her, that those kids that were all dancing with her and teasing her just to try to get her maiden head as part of that bet. You know what I mean? Jamie is the epitome of what that character represents in her mind. This dishonorable, you know, horrible person that uses their power to hurt the little people and stuff like that. And so she's caught between being in love with him and simultaneously fearing being the the butt of some type of jape, you know, that he's exactly. only being nice to her so that he can <laughs> rub it in her face and be like, you're so stupid, you know, and when she goes along with it and when she falls for it. So she has a difficult time accepting her feelings and accepting that somebody like Jamie could be sincere with her and actually care and, and see value in her and respect her legitimately. We'll get more into that later as, sure. as she confronts this and we see uh, the struggle with the way that she reacts to various things and eventually coming to accept the fact that Jamie does respect her later in the episode as she receives the greatest honor she could possibly could from him. Oh my God. I was bawling my eyes out. We'll, we'll get there for sure. Um, but 
Sansa asks, would you fight beside him? Right. You would fight beside him. And she, she says that she would. And I think that speaks volumes to Sansa as far as trusting Brienne and knowing how loyal Brienne is for her to basically sign off that Jamie is here for the right reason and that he's mm -hmm. an asset and that he is honorable that Sansa literally just takes her word and was like, okay, if you trust him with your life, we should let him stay because I know the type of woman you are, Brienne. And right. I trust we, you with my life. I trust you. I just, you know, and I love that because she's not saying, oh, okay. Like, welcome to Winterfell Kingslayer. Right. And it's, but, it's sort of like Danny. She says, I wish I could trust my advisors like that. And remember, yeah. she's like, she, he shouldn't have trusted Cersei. And Sansa's like, well, neither sh should you have, right? Danny, what Danny was thinking there and what she didn't want to respond because she just said she didn't trust her advisors basically was like, well, I trusted Tyrion. You know, I trusted his judgment. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Totally. There's some another interesting angle that someone brought up in our For the Rewatch chat last night about this scene, which I wanted to get your take on. Um, when, Sansa asks, would you fight beside him? Think about the, the scenario that they're in. Accusations have been made against Jamie here. He's the Kingslayer. He's in front of the daughter of the king that he slayed. So he's like kind of on trial. He's kind of on trial. Would you fight beside him? I think May also, the way, the pointed way that she says it kind of implies like, it kind of evokes the idea of a trial by combat. Like, would you fight for him? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I could, I could definitely see how um, someone could view that as like, like have Brienne be Jamie's champion. Yeah, in exactly. Because he's missing a hand, mm. you know, and everything. And I felt like both she and Jamie understood that there was an illusion to a trial by combat here. And it co sort of takes them both off guard. You would fight beside him. And Brienne hesitates just for a second before making the ultimate I would. sacrifice and putting her own life on the line for Jamie, basically saying, I would fight beside him. You know, I would stand with him and be his champion. I would fight if it came him, down to it. I would fight for him too. If yeah. it came down to that's it. Kind of I like, like that. That's, yeah. that's a good, um, that's a good pickup. I, I don't think I saw that in the chat, but yeah, um, it was pretty cool. I, I thought it was, whoever a it was interpretation. I, I really think that's a great idea. Yeah. So it's, it's Super cool. again, another huge moment for Jamie where like the significance of what Brienne is doing for him, putting her honor on the line for him, you know, it, it's, it's not lost on Jamie. He understands what's going on and he realizes what she did for him here and realizes later on in the episode that he has the the capability to do something that nobody else can do for her you know yeah which is awesome yeah so danny wakes john up out of warden his daydream what does the warden of the north have to say about it and he's like oh, what what oh oh uh, we need all the men we can get <laughs> right it's so funny like it's weird hearing john being referred to as warden of the north right yeah, I mean, we had kind of talked about Sansa's role that maybe she was Warden of the North. Um, yeah, maybe but under it John. Looks like, <laughs> looks like John is the Warden of the North at the moment. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And uh, I, was, I thought that was funny. And what is the, the way Warden that, of the North say you know, about John, <sighs> we need every man we can get, you know. It, and the, Jamie looks like, hmm, like kind of satisfied with we that need every answer. Man we can get. Which uh, I was thinking, Jamie 
Like, that's the exact answer that John should say if he's for real about the dead invasion. You know, that we need yeah. every man we can get. We got to take all fighters. We Very put well. our differences aside, work together. And Jamie's look here, the way that he reacts to John saying that, kind of like nods in agreement, that tells me that Jamie, like, really gets the situation and understands what's going on and has... I like the way the cameras were cutting. Um, it was a shot of John, and then it panned to Jamie, and then it was a shot of... Or, it, first of all, it was a shot of Sansa that said he could say, and then it panned to Jamie, and then it panned to Danny, back to Jamie, <laughs> so back to cuts. John, back to Jamie. So it was... Um, well done because we saw Jamie's reaction after every everybody else's spoke. reaction. Yeah. And then the last person was Danny and he was kind of like like waiting. He's right. Like, like, oh my what god, what's she saying? She's like, very well, you know, I don't like it, but And Tyrion <gasps> I'm outnumbered here. <gasps> no, Tyrion, I know. He's like, like my brother's back. <laughs> he was terrified. Like he's like he's so relieved. I'd say he's like on the verge of tears at this moment. Yeah, I think so. It's his brother back. They yeah, get to spend he some loves time Jamie. together. Like he's and Jamie is very courteous as well. Thank you, Your Grace. You know, mm-hmm. Sansa yeah. bounces real quick, and this is that moment where John sort of like blows off Danny here. And I was surprised because she goes to say something to him, and he just doesn't even say Your Grace or anything. Right. She, he's just out. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like peace. <laughs> like you said, it's because he's like he can't even look at her. Like he's so like nervous about telling her the truth. So funny. <laughs> He knows that she's his aunt and yep. doing uh, it. And oh my God, I well, don't think I would that, be able like, to. That may not be that big of a deal in Westeros because, I mean, even Sansa, Liza had betrothed Sansa to Sweet Robin temporarily, that's right? That's true. And they're cousins, which is a close, like a, uh, I guess yeah, that's, a, that's a degree further away from an aunt. But uh, but still, like it, it didn't seem like weird to Sansa like that she kind of took in stride so maybe this is not like outside of the bounds I think she looked horrified in that scene (laughs) maybe well probably I I think it was more like less because it was her cousin and more because it was fucking sweet Robin Robin. yeah Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of both yeah maybe I think he's hard hard to say he's more concerned about how she's going to take the news that he's a male heir and is yeah, in front of her in the line definitely. of succession. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent on that. So yeah, that pretty nice. much wraps up uh, my number five, that whole cool. intro that was scene. My there. number four too. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So how about you? We move on to your number five. So my number five is the strategy room. Awesome. When they are discussing the blue tiles, um, you notice the blue tiles. I did notice the blue tiles that they were on their way to Winterfell. No, but in that scene, the strategy room. Oh, yeah, the ice tiles. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. So they kind of um, like used the, like, I think feel like the, the title, the intro sequence is referencing those tiles on the Winterfell war room table. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah. And I, um, I love that we see kind of how the, um, military from the the living is kind of spread out around Winterfell in in groups, mm, and we get a little bit more of that later when Jamie talks to Brienne about um, she's manning like one section of the infantry. Um, infantry. So infantry. Infantry. <laughs> what the infantry. hell? Infiltrate. <laughs> infantry. That's a cool um, word. And she likes that you know, where they are as far as like strategy goes because they're on this hill and they think they have an advantage. Oh yeah. With Brienne, right. But yeah. So 
we we hear that, you know, this is obviously like they have to be strategic because they can't just go out into the battlefield and expect to win. Um, there's just way too many. And Jamie asked the questions. He's like, well, what can we do? And and John um, kind of reveals to Jamie because Jamie's new to this this war. And I think we get a little this is kind of like a reminder of uh, back at the battle north of the wall that if they kill the Night King, it's likely that all of the the dead will die. Right. Referencing how they it's killed that, that one white walker <laughs> and all of his uh, his undead around him all collapsed at once. Yeah. So that's their strategy. We need to get the Night King. It, it's a it's a lost cause to go out there and fight the undead because there's just so many of them and they're hard to kill. And the fact that, you know, they're dead people um <laughs> what is dead you know, may never die they're hard to kill but kill the fuckers anyways yeah. um so jamie being the strategist that he is the worst strategist he's like well the night if that's true the night king's not going to show up and bran is like uh yeah he will because he's after me he's tried before many times with many three-eyed ravens yeah how crazy was and that I was like holy fuck is Bran really all of the Brandons in the histories? Like, is, I didn't has he perceive been it that the three-eyed way. raven before? Like, I was curious what your thought process was on this, because that line kind of blew my mind. I was just sort of thinking that since the, the three-eyed raven is the memory of the world, that he's just sort of inherited the memories of all of the three-eyed ravens just sort mm. of have been conglomerated into his brain and he's like downloaded all of them. I don't necessarily think that it... Download. Yeah, <laughs> download data. You know, I don't think it necessarily means that he was all of the three-eyed ravens, but from his down, from his data download, he knows that the, the Night King is just constantly coming after the three-eyed ravens. Interesting. That's okay. just the way I perceived it. You know, it's it's it could be... We, You're we probably could, we could right, but out, it made you know, me kind of like with kind of those um, Sir Patrick tinfoil theories out there that, you know, there was the theory that Bran is all of the Brandons right, and all right. of the histories or that he is has and always been the three eyed raven and the three eyed raven that he met in the tree was him from the future right. or from the past <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was. So many bugged out theories. Totally. So, I mean, I. I felt like that line was pretty weighted the way it was said. So maybe I'm just reading a little too deep into it, but I thought maybe it could hint towards one of those theories. Sure, I, it totally I could. personally, until that line, um, never really thought that those had any kind of, you know, solid ground as far as theories go. But gotcha, the, way, gotcha. the way it was said He's tried before because he says he'll come for me. Mm -hmm. He's tried before many times with many three-eyed ravens. So, I mean, like, it, it, it just felt a little heavier to me. But you're probably right because those those theories are kind of wishy-washy for me <laughs> anyways. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll find out, you know. I, so I'd accept we, it either way. We discover what the Night King wants. He wants an endless night. He wants to erase this world. And I am its memory. Dude. And I loved that so much. Oh, my God. That was like the best line. Ugh. And Sam and has Sam, a great response, too. Yeah. Well, that's what death is, isn't it? Forgetting, being forgotten. If, if, if that happens and 
we forget what we where we've been and what we've done. We're not any men anymore. We're just animals. And I was like, oh my God, that's so hardcore. It's totally. so harsh, but it's true. Maybe that's what the Night King and his undead army represent is like the constant battle between our, our lower and higher selves and like fighting our demons and our angels and the the difference between civilization and savagery and what happens when we lose touch with who we are. We just become animals, essentially, you know? Yeah. Um, I just thought it is an interesting metaphor the um the night king and his undead army representing ignorance or the the loss of yourself you know yeah the battle between our base desires and our higher consciousness and our capacity for evil contrasted with more cerebral potential that we have Sam continues that and he looks over at Bran. He's like, but your memories, they don't come from the books. Your stories aren't just stories. If I wanted to erase the world of men, I'd start with you. Dude, and like, the, Oh my God. That's so, inse- that's that so just, intense. Yeah. And it harkens to all of these instances in history where conquerors have erased the history of their, the people who are being conquered, whether it's the Incan ropes or the, you know, just it, any place, basically, when when it's conquered, the history is destroyed. One place that's that has survived that and escaped that fate is India, whose history is largely intact. Just very mm-hmm. small percentage of it has ever been translated into English. But yeah, sure. you make yourself seem more significant by eliminating all memories of the the past rulers and any power structure or anything like that. So we discover that that mark on Bran's skin means that he always, the Night King knows where Bran is at all times. I thought that was crazy. Super Like I knew he had like, they had some connection, you know, but it never occurred to me that the Night King knew where Bran is at all times. Oh yeah, because that's when he touches him, that's how he knows he's in the cave. Oh, that's true. But I thought, you know, like (laughs) constantly, like... That's, right, right, right. thought Bran was a stalker and a creeper. <laughs> Night King's got <laughs> a brand tracker. King? He's like, where's Bran right now? <laughs> See where this little bastard is. He's like a helicopter parent. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. That's great. Checking the GPS on their kid's phone. I where love- is he now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Bran, you know, John's like, we'll put you in the crypt where it's safest, you know, and... Another mention Not of the crypt being saved. I know. I know. Being safe. But yeah, I love Brand's response just with with conviction and he assert like very assertive, no. Like it's not happening. Like it's not no. happening this way. Yeah. I he, we need to lure him out and he offers himself up as bait, which is so hardcore. Gangster, dude. <sighs> yes. And he's playing for Arya's keeps. like, dude, we're not leaving you alone out there by yourself in the godswood. Like that's not happening. And Freaking Theon Greyjoy stepping up with the Ironborn. Uh, yes. And I loved the reason for it. He goes, I took this castle from you. Let me defend you now. So it's good. Like he's, he's making so much progress with just who, who he wants to be at this point. It's and not even so much being a Greyjoy or a Stark. He is owning what he he's, wants to do. He's taking the right steps, what he sees as the right steps, you know, at this point. Every step he takes, he wants to make it yeah. the right one. And and Bran's like, uh, thanks for the offer, dude, but you turned your back on me when it counted before, so fuck off, homeboy. <laughs> no, he accepts him and, and the Ironborn as protection. <laughs> yeah, and so um, 
we get that Tyrion wants to hang with Davos on the wall and give the signal to light the trenches, which we see the trenches in the opening credits oh, forming around Winterfell. Cool. I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah. They're like big fire pits, essentially. Yeah. yeah I've, I'm, I caught it on my third watch through the signal to light the trench. And I was like, ooh, fire yeah. barricade surround Winterfell with flames. They do have a huge moat, but it's filled with water. So I don't know. They must have dug trenches even out, outside of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. outside of the outer walls of Winterwell, Winterfell because there's there's the, the castle with a wall and then outside of that hundred foot wall there's a big huge moat and then outside of the moat there's another like 80 foot wall basically oh wow it's wow. nuts yeah like at least in the book version two sure. massive outer walls for Winterfell that's crazy yeah super cool um, yeah so Danny's like what the fuck are you talking about you are going to be down in the crypt because I need your mind at the end of this. Ugh. If we survive, I need your mind. I know. And this is like what makes me feel the worst about this because we keep hearing that the crypt, the crypts are safe, it's you know, not safe. They're, and Jorah made all this effort to get Tyrion back in, in Danny's good graces in this episode by going and vouching for him. And now he's back in her good graces and she's trying to protect him, but she's going to send him into the crypts to his death potentially and mm. he's gonna have to go down there and fight like he he volunteered he's like I, I can fight i've done it before no we don't want you to fight we want you to go to the crypts but he's gonna go into the crypts and he's gonna be forced to fight to protect the children and to protect the mothers and the innocent people down there but he's not gonna have big warriors to back him up and i'm really fucking worried that we're gonna lose Tyrion in the crypts next episode oh no i think we're gonna lose a lot of people in the crypts um, was, I saw in our rewatch chat, is, is there really a, a secret passage or like a secret opening to the crypts? Like, is that mentioned in the books or was that just, yeah, there I, is, I do believe there is at least one secret entrance into Winterfell that comes, um, that the comes Night out. The like, knows where it is. And I think what, what is going to happen is they are going to pop enter through out the crypts from underneath into the crypts. <sighs> My and God. And basically do what Tyrion did to Casterly Rock. Oh, geez. Just go through, like, that from was inside foreshadowing out. The, uh, oh, my God. Because that That's little horrifying. girl, she's like, okay, I'll defend the crypts. And I think she's going to be the first one to see. I, I, I mean, obviously, she'll probably die. They may yeah, or may not show it. Yeah, I think we're going to see it. her as a white next episode. Yeah, I think... I, that's me, personally. If that is true, if there is a secret opening somewhere else... The whites are going through that. The, the crypts are not safe. Yeah. If the Night King is an ancient Stark, for instance, who grew up in Winterfell, but hasn't been able to return because of the magic at the wall, he could come, he could basically be coming home to try to take his home back, like the way that John did at the Battle of the Bastards, except yeah. he knows the secret entrance through the, through the, you know, into the crypts. Oh my potentially. God. <laughs> That that is my personal feeling of what's going to happen. I they will probably attack. They have so many, I mean they have over a hundred thousand plus, you know, undead people. So I'm sure that we will get the out the outside battle too. But there's going to be a group of them that go up through the crypt to basically penetrate the castle and get inside. Um, yeah, it's entirely possible. I I truly have this. I think that's been like the pit in my stomach all day. Is that notion of the crypts are not safe well the other thing about the crypts right what happened at hard home what part 
Come at me, bro. Come at me, crow. Oh, yeah. Remember? When he, he resurrects. Yeah. And there's all these dead there's Starks and Direwolves. of dead Starks and stuff in the crypt. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, a lot of them are probably so decomposed, though. They're <sighs> just literally skeletons. But I mean, that didn't stop the ones that killed it Jojen. It did not. That's right. It totally did not. We That's could see right. oh, I totally skeleton Ned it. coming out. <laughs> Headless skeleton Ned. <laughs> oh, he might still so have cool. some skin on his bones, but like Grandpa Stark and Great Grandpa Stark and the last King of the North Stark, they're, they're skeletons for sure. It was just Ned's bones that were returned to Catelyn. So we know that it is just his bones. Minus minus his head. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, oh yeah, because his head is on the spike. <laughs> if we see a headless skeleton running around, we know it's Ned. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. That's great. Yeah. So, um, Danny, Danny has talked with her other advisors at this point in the in the episode, but she kind of echoes and gives him some credit. You know, you can't fight as well as they can, but you think better than any of them. Mm-hmm. You're here because of your mind. I think it's basically like. <clears throat> she realizes Jorah like, was true. Right? Offering. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Totally. You made a mistake. I was super pissed at you. But this is her apology. We, yeah, we have to move on. This, yeah. there's more important things that we have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the dragons are going to give them an edge on the field. Um, but if they're in the field, they're not protecting Bran. Oh, Bran's going to be a sitting duck, man. He is such a sitting duck. I, a I sitting hope Bran raven, die. I guess. Yeah, he doesn't die in the Battle of Winterfell. Oh I feel God. like we need him. We would feel very lost if Bran died, and that may be a feeling that um, yeah. that they want to give us. They may want to make us feel lost Perhaps. after Winterfell. So if if we lose Bran, that could be a way to throw everything out of whack. Yeah. So um, they decide that they do need to leave Bran, you know, alone. Or else the Night King's not going to come if there's two dragons, like, peering down the godswood. Mm-hmm. But they need to be close enough to get at him quickly if, if, if and when he does come. And we actually don't know if Dragonfire... Will even stop the Night will King. Will even stop the Night King. No because, one's ever tried. Well, and the Night King walks through those flames, and every time his lieutenants or... The Night King walk through the flames. They separate. They dissipate in anticipation so, of the White Walkers coming through. I yeah. feel like Dragonfire is not going to affect the Night King. I think that's too easy um, of a of a death for the Night King. I think I think he has to be stabbed with either Valyrian steel and Valyrian steel only, or dragon glass or Valyrian steel. It ha- I think it has to be. Like it's poetic in the fact that he had that dragon glass stuck in his heart to be created. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Maybe they he have needs to pull to it have, out, pull it out, or stab <laughs> him with dragon there. glass in the heart to kill him. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I, I personally feel like the dragon fire is is a great tactic to blow out the undead mm-hmm. like the little soldiers in the army but i don't think it's going to have any effect on the lieutenants or craster's sons Damn. <laughs> and, and the night king um, oh, you could be right that, that's my that's my prediction could be right. I'll, I'll stick to it until next week when we find out <laughs> <laughs> sounds good oh my god i'm yeah. so terrified for next week i'm like really but at least nervous. they're all gonna die together and Right, you and know, he, we should probably get some rest. Hilarious torment <laughs> moment. We're all going to die, but at least we die together. 
We're all going to die. But at least we die together. At least he, like, we looks die over together. At <laughs> and she gives it's him like, that like, hey. like grossed out, like ew look <laughs> that she always gives him. Ew. <laughs> Reacting totally. to so funny. I love those two. Yeah, so, so that's good. my number five. All right. Um, what is your number four? My number four is Jamie and Bran in the Godswood. Mm, lovely. Yeah, and so so Bran's sitting there in his wheelchair all alone in the beautiful forest, and Jamie approaches, and I knew it. The first two words out of his mouth had to be, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> and they totally were. He apologizes for what he did to him, and Bran's like, well, you weren't sorry then. You were protecting your family. You know, that, that whole the things we do for love thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was a really interesting thing. Ja Jamie says, well, I'm not that person anymore. And Bran's like, well, you still would be if you hadn't pushed me out of that window. Like almost, that's almost saying it's a good thing you pushed me because now you're, you've changed and you're better, which is, which is yeah. like a crazy thing to say. But it's also like it, it furthers the idea that pushing Bran out of the window was the catalyst that made Jamie realize that he needed to change apparently like it's his greatest regret. And since then he has made like a big effort to change and um, we're, we're, we're still witnessing that happening, but yeah, his intent I is think very it was clear. Brand's way of forgiving him to like you pushing me out the window made you a better person mm -hmm. and it made me who I am. Right. Cause he never really like flat out forgives him and says like, I forgive you, but him, basically saying like you're a better person for it and i fulfilled my destiny was like his way of apology or of of accepting of saying, like Jamie's it's all good apology kind of thing yeah exactly. and uh he's like and i would yeah like you said i would still be brandon stark and he's like james like you're not <laughs> right like what what are you talking like, about yeah because he's still trying to figure out robo brand yeah yeah he has no idea like he heard that like Oh, yeah, he, he actually, Bran heard him say the things we do for love. So that wasn't like a Littlefinger moment where he says something out of nowhere that he shouldn't know, right? Jamie said that too. Although like, he was, he did not remember anything when he woke up after his fall. Right. Yeah, good point. So, I mean, maybe, maybe he remembered like that specific line because it was right before his fall, but he couldn't remember who pushed him out the window. Right. After it first happened. So, um... He uh, he's surprised that Bran doesn't seem like mad about the whole thing, you know, like, well, you'd still would be that douchebag if you hadn't pushed me. So it's kind of good you did. And uh, he's like, you're not angry at me. And Bran's like, I'm not angry at anyone. I love that. He also <laughs> says, I'm not. Um, what does he say? Sorry. Hold on. Oh, I'm something else now. He doesn't oh, even yeah. say I'm someone. I'm someone. Something. I'm something. Yeah. It was really it's interesting. Like, so Jamie's got to be like wondering, like, what is he talking about? Right. This kid is weird. But he'll he'll probably get the full um, story from Tyrion later because Tyrion sits down and Bran tells him his story, right? I know. So man, what, and after that, one I think it was Sir Patrick pointed out on somewhere somewhere he said, you know, after after Tyrion hears Bran's story, he. He's drinking a lot that later on that night. So, like, what did Bran tell him that freaked him out so much? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he's drinking a lot because he thinks he's going to die, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and Tyrion just, he just drinks a lot. Definitely. <laughs> In general. <laughs> oh, yeah. He drinks and he knows things. Uh, yes. So, 
so Jamie's like, why didn't you tell them that I pushed you, basically? And he's like, well, if I told them, they would have killed you and you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even be able to help us for do what you're here to do. And uh, like, it's amazing that Bran kept their secret like that, you know? And yeah. and Jamie's like, well, what about, like, oh, well, I wouldn't be able to help you, but but what about what about afterwards, you know? Like, will you turn me in then? Are you planning on you know, letting me help you and then you letting them kill me afterwards basically and yeah. a chilling response from Bran he's like how do you know there is an afterwards right i was like oh Jamie my god Jamie contemplates it too he's like i don't yeah he's <laughs> nobody like nobody does yeah even Jamie's like fuck right god damn this i'm so, so nervous for intense. next week i'm so I know, nervous i'm telling you i've had a pit in my stomach ominous. all day <sighs> it's awful so ominous <laughs> god damn yeah yeah it's it's not good like it's good i'm really i'm really really nervous for, for Tyrion because later on too he's like i think we might live you know and i'm like fuck everybody in that room is gonna live except Tyrion. i thought that too but i thought Tyrion might live too because i think i hope so i think he's maybe not gonna go down to the crypts even though Danny told him to. <laughs> oh, man. I would feel a lot better if he didn't. Me that's too. for sure. Me uh, too. Yeah, that's it. That's it for my number four. Bran and Jamie in the, uh, cool. in the Godswood. What do you got for your number three? Let's see. My number three is um, Danny and Sansa bonding oh, over John. All right. I thought this is a great moment between the two of them. And it really shows their dynamic and their personality a little bit. And um, so we, we start the scene that um, Lord Royce is basically saying, like, we need to get all of the inf infantrymen out onto the field and then we need to immediately shut the gates. And Sansa's like, I think we need to keep them open as long as possible. There's still people coming in from the countryside. Um, She's trying to save as many people as possible. And Danny can respect yeah, that. Yeah. Because um, Danny definitely hears her say that. Yep. Exactly. And so um, Sansa sees Danny and stands up, which I thought was, you know, a, a sign of respect. This is her queen. So she does stand up and um, she goes, Lady Sansa, I was hoping we could speak alone. And so um, Royce exits and bows in front of Danny. And I think he's very weary of Danny as well. Because he doesn't say like your grace. Or he right. doesn't smile or anything. And she kind of like he's, turns and watches him pass. Yeah, and so she I, she gets it. You know, the North and the people that support the North are, are a tough crowd to sell. And so she sits down, or they're standing, and she goes, I thought, I, I thought we almost had, like, a moment in front of Sir Jamie today, but um, clearly... Right, like we were like, we were on the same page for a second there. What happened, you know? We had, like, one word on the same page together, and then you turned the page much quicker than I was planning to, and Sansa kind of brings Danny into the fold a little bit more about Brienne, that she has been loyal to me always. I trust her more than anyone. And this is where we get the line that you said earlier, you know, I wish I had faith in my advisors like that. And I, I really love that Sansa sticks up for Tyrion because he stuck up for her so many times down in King's Landing and was always kind to her. He really was. I mean, he's a good man. Um, which is what she says, and is never anything but decent towards me. I just love that coming from Sansa because she hated being married to Tyrion 
She was grieving the loss of her family. The Lannisters killed her family. She was married to He was a twisted little demon monkey monster, you know, the that with a horrible reputation, the the horrible imp, right? But exactly. since then she's come into contact with real monsters and she ah, real monsters, you know, and she now in has a greater perspective to see that people like Tyrion or the Hound aren't monsters. They may look like monsters, but the, you know, they're not. Exactly. So um Danny is talking to, you know, talking through it. And she's like, well, I didn't ask him to be my hand simply because he was a good, like a good man. But I asked him because he's intelligent and ruthless and, you know, makes decisions basically yeah. and, and kind of sticks to his word. He, he owns, he owns his decisions and he lives by them. Yeah. As so, Jorah says that he, uh, he yeah. le- learns from his mistakes too. So Danny's pissed because she's like, well, he should have never trusted Cersei. And Sansa kind of like leans in. She's like, well, you trusted her too. Yeah, like, that was ballsy. I mean, good point. too. It. Yeah. I mean, you both trusted her. Yep. Like you could have easily said to Tyrion, I don't trust her. I don't believe her. I don't believe you. Whether you believe your sister or not, I don't. But she went along with his, his thought process. And <laughs> so... She goes, well, I thought he knew his sister. And, <laughs> and Sansa's like, well, families are complicated. And I read so deep into that because, like, here we are with oh, yeah. Dan- they're John like in the same being a Targaryen. <laughs> and they're all, like, a part of the same family. Right. And we didn't know explicitly that John hadn't told Danny that yet at this point. So I was wondering, like, are, what are they referring to? Just the fact that her dad killed, Danny's dad killed her grandfather and and uncle or are they talking about how they're actually kind of related as well you know at this point like i i felt like it's interesting that you had that take that you thought maybe danny could have known at this point because i i knew we had to see it on screen i knew that we were gonna we were gonna see danny's reaction to finding out that john is ahead of her in the line of succession on screen. So I came at it like she still has no idea because she even says in this scene, like I'm in love with John. I love John. Right. Um, that's what made so, me think, Oh, they don't know, know yet either. When she said that, that I think that's when I realized that, uh, they're, they're not necessarily I think aware. Sansa knows. Oh yeah. Sansa knows for sure. I Absolutely. think Sansa knows. That's why she said families are complicated. And Danny replies, well, ours certainly have been. And, and Sansa says a, a sad thing to have in common. And I felt like that was kind of like a hint towards, yeah, girlfriend, you have no idea what's going to hit you later on tonight. Right. And what are you thinking like, is the thing that they have in common? The deaths of, and murder of Rickard and Brandon Stark by the air, by Mad King Ares? I think they've both, both had major deaths by the Lannisters. Um, you know, Danny, her dad was murdered by the Kingslayer and then you know, chased out of Westeros and um, Sansa, like her whole family was practically murdered by the Lannisters as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's complicated in the fact that it fucked their houses up, essentially. I mean, it, it made life super complicated for Danny, being on the run, being sold off to a warlord and having to fight, like literally fight her way back to Westeros. And then Sansa, I mean, we know all the terrible things that happened with Sansa as well, like being tortured by Ramsay and basically being, you know, married to Tyrion against her will and all the torture that Joffrey had her go through being beaten by Marin Trant. 
So I, I think that they they have a lot of similarities. I mean, they were both technically raped by their husbands. Um, they've had family murdered by the Lannisters. So I think they have more in common than they care to even admit at this point in the game. Although they do start talking about things that they have in common. Danny brings up they both know what it means to lead people who aren't inclined to accept a woman's rule. And that and they've, they've done a damn good job of it. I right? love that She throws her a line. compliment there. Yeah, they've done a great job. And I love her body language. Who's? In this. Like she, uh, Danny's. Mm. Um, she kind Turning of leans towards and she her. Goes, and- yeah, and yet, I, and she kind of like makes herself smaller. Like she kind of like hunches over when she says this. And yet I can't help but feel that we're at odds with one another. Mm-hmm. And her voice softens, and I think it relaxes Sansa because the body language changed, like, the tone of her voice changed. Like, she's not, like, Queen Daenerys, Stormborn at that moment. She's, like, relating to you as the person who loves your brother, you know, type thing. Exactly. Um, so, she she answers her own question. You know, it's it's obviously clearly John that we're kind of, you know, at odds with, and... And Sansa's like, well, he loves you. You know that. And men do stupid shit when they're in love, basically. They're easily manipulated. Yeah, she's probably thinking about Rob marrying Talissa and losing the war, resulting in mm-hmm. the, you know, the deaths of Rickon and, and Rob himself and her, his unborn child and Talisa and her mom and most of mm-hmm. the Stark forces, you know, all wiped out at the twins. Like, she knows that bad things can happen when love is the death of duty. Yeah. So she says, you know, they're easily manipulated. And this Danny, is another big moment right here. This is another huge moment. Okay. Why don't you talk about it then? No, no, you can, you can go for it. I'll, no, I'll go for it. In. Go for it. Well, there, it's just, I just had an interesting interpretation of, of this scene where, you know, Danny mentions that, that throughout her whole life, she's had one goal that she's focused on, the Iron Throne, taking it back from the people who destroyed her family. And her war, has her whole life has been against them, against the usurper Robert, against all these families that are have been occupying the throne until she met John. And now she's half a world away fighting John's war alongside him. And she says, tell me who manipulated whom, right? Mm. But I thought that this may be foreshadowing Danny willingly bending the knee to John, that her whole oh. life, she, her whole goal has been the Iron Throne. But when she met John, it changed. And now she's fighting John's war, right? So that means that the, the Iron Throne became a secondary goal to John's goal and mm. willingly by Daenerys, right? So if if she's had this one goal that she's willingly put on the back burner because of John, maybe that foreshadows her accepting John as the legitimate heir and putting the Iron Throne on the back burner permanently as a secondary objective to being with John. And I don't know, it's just a it it was just a really interesting line to me because later this will be referenced as she has to make this this choice as she learns about John's true identity right so it was just really powerful moment that i thought may foreshadow her 
bending the knee to John and submitting to his, to his claim to the throne. Although it could turn out the exact opposite where like she was willing to temporarily put it on the back burner, but <laughs> it, you know, maybe she won't accept it as truth that, you know, like she says, Oh, isn't it convenient that your brother and your best friend knew this, like this secret truth that you're the last male heir of house Targaryen. Right. But then again, in this scene here with Sansa, she tells him, uh, she tells her, I'm here because I love your brother and I trust him and I know he's true to his word. So when he's standing in front of Lyanna's statue, telling Danny that Rhaegar didn't rape Lyanna, that he is the result of their love, like if she trusts him and believes that, you know, and knows he's true to his word, will she accept it? Like, that's basically the question. I think she's going to come to it eventually. I think she's going to put up a fight for a little bit. Much um, like the North being willing to accept her. Yeah, I think <laughs> she's going to have, like John, a lot of emotions to go through. And yeah. we, we find we, we see her reaction. Her first reaction is it's you. You just want to claim the Iron Throne. And basically they get cut off by the horn. But I think she was going to say, like, I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah, it's entirely um, possible. And it, like he could he could point out like, I never wanted a throne, you know, like they named me King of the North. I didn't suggest it. They named me Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. I, never I don't think asked John really it. wants the throne. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's not some, as long as the, they're defeating the Night King and his army, I don't think it's something that's necessarily important to John at all. And I think maybe that's what he would have said before they got interrupted by the horn. I think is, so. Like, like I the, never... It's never I don't been even about want titles. It. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, let's let's defeat. Let's like try to survive tonight. But then again, if he were to say that, would there be an element of like Brienne where she's like, I don't even want to be a knight, and like kind of lying to herself? You know, if John maybe. were to say like, I don't want to be king. You know, it's I don't care about the title. You know, like would it would there be an element where he's lying to himself, where inside he's really like, I was a bastard my whole life. I have this bastard chip on my shoulder. I'm going to take my kingship. You know, (laughs) I think he knows what it feels like to be a ruler. And I don't think he likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, Being like the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and being king in the north and having to deal with all of all of those like nasty personalities or, you know, like I'm not sure he. He he would do it if it was the right thing to do and was necessary. But as far as like stepping in front of her in the line of succession, just to sit the Iron Throne, I, I'm not sure he would do that. Right. Like if maybe if she started fucking up, like doing things that he disagreed with, he could be like, oh, yeah. I could assert my claim. <laughs> or if she dies. I mean, like. But he already made a vow to her. You know what I mean? And I don't see him going back on his vow or yeah, i don't see it either i i don't think as long as she's alive i think he will forego um i feel like i've seen like a history um one of the targaryens like he gave up his crown to marry somebody it's funny you should mention that because we get the song in this episode she never wanted to leave she never wanted to leave about Jenny of Old Stones. 
the wife of Duncan, the Prince of Dragonflies, who foregoed his claim oh, to the throne. Right. She was like a commoner and he was heir to the Iron Throne. Heir to the Iron Throne. He forewent his claim in, in favor of marrying Jenny of Oldstone. And that's, and that's he, how Danny's dad got to be king, right? Potent, uh, maybe, yeah. And okay. and uh, I can't remember exactly who, who ended up being king as a result, but he brought Jenny of Oldstone's, his wife, to court. And with her, she brought the Woods Witch that prophesized the prince who was promised being born from the line mm. of Ares or from uh, Ares and Rayella. Yeah. So wow. Jenny of Oldstones is quite a significant figure. So this figure. song is about her. This song is about Jenny of Oldstones huh. dancing in the court. Um, and and the, whenever people have visited the ghost of High Heart, she always wants to hear the so- like songs about Jenny of Oldstones. So there's theories that the ghost of High Heart could be the woods witch from, from the back in the day. And, um, this song, like we mentioned before, Dancing with Ghosts has, you know, it's very poignant in relation to our our battle with the dead. You know, we've heard of, you know, like a song of ice and fire as a, another way of saying the war of the five kings following the, mm-hmm. you know, the death of King Robert <laughs> Baratheon. Um, so there's like, it's like a poetic way of saying like a fight with the dead, a dance with the dead, you know, like, like, um, Shireen and Stannis talking about the dance of dragons and, mm-hmm. and Stannis is like, well, why do they call it a dance? You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. You know, he's not like poetic like that. Right. So dancing with so, the dead. I mean, theoretically though, like, so then John could theoretically pass up his right to the throne kind of like. Duncan Targaryen did in favor of in favor of Danny's love. love, yeah. And then but, cue the song. Apparently, right. <laughs> so that, that could be right. So yeah, interesting. And connection. they played that song up for sure because Patrick sings yeah. it, and then the cut scene, um, Florence and the Machine sings it. Yeah, exactly. And he's already done it. He gave up his his king his kingship has thrown already in favor of Danny's love and in That's favor, true. you know, so the, the, the song and the concept applies perfectly and it has another potential poignant significance for Brienne of Tarth, which we'll get to later as well. And just the, like the, it's this, this moment in time where it's placed, you know, she never wanted to leave. Like we're having this, this epic, great episode where all these good things are happening and Brienne's being knighted and, Jamie and, and Tyrion are hanging out and di- he's been accepted into the fold and all of these good things are happening. And next week we're going to get horror basically. So right now, like we <laughs> oh never God. want to leave. We never wanted to leave. Like we don't want to leave this moment. We're going to be plunged into madness next week and it's going to suck. You know, I'm, I'm sad already. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying with that song, like how it fits this mm-hmm. moment perfectly. Yeah. Like we're in this little bubble it of happiness. Whole, it fits this whole episode, really. Yeah. And like if we know anything, like we should know, like we don't want to leave this moment. We like cherish it while we have it, people, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, Sansa lightens up a little bit, too. She's like, I should have thanked you the moment that you arrived. That was a mistake. And she puts her hands yes, on the table. This was very big, a big, big of Sansa to say that. And, and Danny's like, I am here because I love your brother and I trust him. Mm-hmm. I know he's true to his word. And I think that is going to come into major play for Danny 
in processing the information that she received this episode. Exactly. That he is true to his word. He he could have lied and, you know, obtained Cersei's armies and instead he divulged the truth and sabotaged their plans just because he won't tell a freaking lie. George Washington yeah, style. Yeah, but you know? then he's telling her the truth about who he is and right. she doesn't and believe it exactly. at first. And so I think he, she's going to kind of like replay those moments in her mind and because he says it's the truth, Danny. Right, like, right. I wouldn't. I know. I don't it's really. True. <laughs> I wish it wasn't, but it's the fucking truth. Search your feelings, Daenerys. <laughs> Search your feelings, Daenerys. <laughs> you know this to be true. <laughs> so, um, he's only the second man in my life that I can say that about. And who's the first one? Who do you think it was? Somebody taller. We know that. Was it Dario that she trusted implicitly? Mm. Was it Drogo who she trusted implicitly? He said he's going to ride his, you know, his wooden horses across the salt sea. Like he was going to do it. I think, who's I she think talking she's about? talking about Drogo. Drogo. I do. Um, she could even she be really talking about to- Jorah also. She could be. That's true. I, I think she really came to because if but yes, she her son loved and this stars, person, I she agree. trusted him and he was true to his word. And I think Drogo really loved Daenerys. And if he were to have remained alive, he would have fulfilled those promises to yeah, her. I agree. I think she's talking about Drogo here. I, I believe it too. And she didn't mention who it was because she doesn't want to bring up the ex type thing. You know what I mean? Like, probably. Yeah. Even though she was widowed. Right. Um, so someone taller and they both kind of laugh. And then Sansa gets all serious again. Right. Getting ahead of yourself, dude. Like, why, why are you even you worried just, about like, this? Leave it be. Just yeah. shut up. Just work together for now. Like did what's important right now. You know, Danny's put aside her concerns for the Iron Throne for now to come fight the undead. That's what you need to be worried about. Don't worry about what's going to happen with the North afterwards. Like Bran said, how do you even know there's going to yeah, be an exactly. afterwards? Exactly. I was just going to say Bran nailed it. It's like, we need to get through this night. And if it's going to be a long one, I mean, who, who knows who's going to survive? I mean, Danny could die and this could all be a moot point because John would take the Iron Throne and could give the North to Sansa or Danny could survive and John could, John and Sansa could die and she could say, fuck this. It's a part of the seven kingdoms. I want the North. I mean, it's, it's a crapshoot right now because <laughs> crap. there's an army of dead people marching on Winterfell. This is, this is, Sansa needs to get out of the traditional thought process of. Right. Um, she's not on hierarchy. the level yet. Yeah. She's still like, She's still Can't struggling with it. Get over it. John's there. And Danny's there. Um, Tyrion's there. Jorah's there. Uh, everybody. Jamie's there. <laughs> Jamie's there, as we know now. Yeah, Sansa's just not quite there yet. She hasn't seen the undead yet. That's right. And everyone else has. Basically. So maybe, maybe that'll do it. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe they're they'll, they're like cutting her some slack right now about it. Maybe Danny's like, you know, she still hasn't seen the undead. Wait a couple hours and she'll understand that she needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Worry about this first. <laughs> when she sees a dragon spinning blue flames out of its mouth with an ice king, night king on top of it and an army of dead people like rushing the castle. Or when she sees her dead ancestors chewing their way through her bedroom door. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> I 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to survive next week. I don't know how I'm going to survive this entire week. It's like, going to be brutal, man. Next week is going to be rough. It's going to be really rough. I think I start my new job on Monday. So I'm going to have to like oh, go to my man. new job after the battle of Winterfell. That's like, fucked up. Oh my God. Maybe I'll be like, can I start the week after? Please? Yeah, right. After Game of Thrones airs. Thank you. Thank you. No, I got to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. She to her point, you know, we said we'd never bow again, but Sansa <sighs> or um Danny like pulls her hand away. I know. Oh man, that was intense. And then again They were so close. They were right on the verge of like really I connecting know. and being I think, like Ugh. I think it was a step in the right direction though. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think that that comment from Sansa erased their the moving past the John problem right, between right, the right. two of them it's just another so, hurdle they gotta get over exactly i think i said this um before season eight aired is it's gonna take a while for them to warm up to each other so i think they're they're stepping in the right direction but i knew that it wasn't going to be like a one conversation type scenario right yeah definitely um and then maester Wolken interrupts them and we move to the next scene so oh. that's my number three Nice. What's your number three? My number three is Sam giving Jorah Heartsbane. Oh, damn. Which I thought was pretty cool. And also included in this is Liana Mormont just being a fucking badass. Okay. Okay. Like the way that Danny was exuding power in the first scene of this when she was commanding over the the meeting that they were all having, Liana Mormont just expels this authority from her that's just incredible like she totally upstages ian glenn here like <laughs> she's pretty uh, she's a powerful little girl that's her young young woman Dude. i mean she really is and she's stunningly beautiful too she has like this amazing facial like bone structure she's that definitely gotten would... taller over the, <laughs> over the past she's couple she's gotten of a lot taller she's definitely grown up a little bit jora is just bitch made by by lady liana bitch made bitch made motherfucker Oh my God! What a hilarious uh, scene! It, it's so funny. He's like, "You're the future of our house, Lady Liana." You know what I mean? Like, we just please mm-hmm. go to hide in the crypt. Just don't fight. And she's like, "I pledge to fight for the North, and I will fight." <laughs> you know, she's so badass. <laughs> I fought before. I can fight again. She was at the Battle of the Bastards. You know, yes, she was. Like, yes, God she was. Damn, she is such a G, man. I know. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be Liana Mormont. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah it's just just amazing i thought it was so cool that she's just so badass and and she just shuts him down and sam kind of interrupts and she's like <laughs> she's like it's all right we're done here <laughs> you know <laughs> like, but then yes. she like totally switches and she's like so sweet she's like i wish you good fortune uncle you know and like she catches herself because she knows who she's talking to she's talking to her cousin who's her cousin yeah, older yeah, yeah. You know, and so she she, she yeah, takes a moment. She to, lays down the law, but then she gives him like the the due respect and and shows that it's it's not personal. Like she's gonna fight, she, she's gonna do what she's gonna do. But she's yeah. you know, I was I actually liked this because I was worried about what was gonna happen with Jorah and whether or not he would be accepted by the Mormont House. You know what I mean? Because he was basically exiled for slave trading. So. I was worried that badass Lady Liana was going to be like, feed him to the bears, you know? <laughs> Not like, I mean, like, she probably wouldn't want to execute her own family, but she, the, the fact that, she, like, I was just worried she may not 
willingly take him back into the fold, you know? But here they're on, they seem to be on good terms and she's being respectful to him and wishing him good fortune. So I thought it was, you know, I was just pleasantly surprised by, by the fact that they're accepting of Jorah, of Sir Jorah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciated that she took a moment to give him the, that, the respect that he is, is due. I mean, I know that he like kind of put, painted their house name, but he's, right, he's right. earned, he's earned that respect back with all of the good that he's done since then. Right. And I, I think that he deserved that from her. If the queen can accept him as a valuable mm-hmm. person, then house Mormont should be able to as well, yes. you know? Yes, I agree. So Sam comes up and Lady Mormont rolls out with her crew. And I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, we yeah. were done. <laughs> Hilarious. And uh, he, he, we got a good view of this sword that he's holding as he was walking down the stairs at Winterfell. It starts off with Jorah talking with Lyanna and then we see the sword. And immediately I was like, oh my God, Sam's going to give heartsbane to jorah like oh my god this is crazy i had made a prediction that the hound would end up with hordes with uh heartsbane but in retrospect it makes perfect sense that since sam had has developed this connection with jorah at the citadel you had had brought up jorah as being an option as well oh yeah Um, oh yeah yeah because just who are the capable people that would be in a position like um because i remember we were having the conversation that it'd be kind of poetic for Jorah to lose his family sword and, and gain but Sam's earn his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense. Like they developed this connection. They bonded over Jor Mormont and Sam even brings it up here. He's like, your father taught me how to be a man, how to do what's right. And this is right. You know, it's, and it's what John said. It's like the same thing. He handed Longclaw over to Jorah and he's like, it's not right for me to have it, you know, like type thing. Jorah gave it back to him and Jorah stood up for for Tyrion earlier in this episode and put his differences aside and he did he's done all these things and karma is coming back around to Jorah mm-hmm. here as he's receiving yeah. this amazing sword. Did you get a look at that thing? It's the, huge. And the jewel encrusted hilt like yes. that thing is intricate. The I, hilt is super long too. Oh I mean it's a God. it's a massive sword. Yeah, it's I love Sam. He's yeah. like I can't really even hold it upright. So <laughs> But it's Valyrian steel so it should be very light. So I, I I had trouble accepting that. I think it was just an excuse like right yeah just yeah yeah i feel you. he's just he's like i'm up. not a fighter you know like yeah, i can't yeah, even yeah. hold the sword basically like yeah. it should go into the hands i i feel like i feel like jorah is not going to survive oh, i know and the hound still may end up with heartsbane yeah you know what i, I mean think, i uh, he's on borrowed time already as we've talked about yeah i Same just i don't know i think the the handing of the sword and that symbology and, um, you know, doing it in his memory to guard the realms of men. Oh, my God. He's going to sacrifice thing you said there. his life, um, maybe to protect someone of importance. Or we, we know that the grayscale has affected his. Um, his capabilities. His capability. Um, Seems a little we, and slow. And he's older. So I, I just, I think it would be a very heroic moment if yeah. he were to survive but i'm not sure he's going to yeah. episode. oh my god someone, someone that we love is going 
if not multiple really people that brutal. we love are going to die next episode. I don't think all of them are going to die, obviously, in this particular battle because there's still have, three episodes left. Yeah, we have <laughs> half the season left to go. I could see so. Jorah and Tyrion both dying. And I think that, mm. like I said, I, everybody in that room at the end, except Tyrion, is going to live. I feel like him being confident that they could survive marks him for death. The whole crypt thing, sending him down there, marks him for death. Um, the fact that, you know, he's happy with Jamie again and everything, like, marked him for death. Like, so many different things marked him for death. Maybe he goes down to the crypt, though, and gets, like, called back up because they have to, like, they need his brain. Maybe. But but basically where I was going, Jorah was not in that room at the end of the episode. So he, he would, you know, if everybody else yeah. in that room survives, Jorah could still die as well. Yeah, damn. Um, but yeah, I love this this little cluster of lines here by Sam. Your father, he taught me how to be a man, how to do what's right. This is right. It's Valyrian steel. I'd be honored if you t- if you'd take it. And I, it's just so like such a wild moment. And he grabs it, and like he knew that he was being given a sword. But until Sam said it's Valyrian steel, he didn't know that it was like a sword you know like a sword a legendary quintessential sword sword. yeah and he grabs it and opens up you know pulls it part out of the scabbard and is just kind of like blown away by it and yeah i love that response i'll wield it in his memory gior's memory to guard the realms of men Mm. a great little reference to the night's watch and i mean that they're basically taking up the task of the night's watch which is to guard the realms of men from the undead essentially to prevent exactly what's happening so it's perfect thing he could have said there and then sam i'll see you when it's through oh man i hope we win it kind of reminded me yeah it kind of reminded me of when john was going north to meet with to treat with mance raider and sam was like john don't die don't die yeah like kind of like i hope we win you know same type thing (laughs) here Yeah. Oh god but yeah that's it for for my number three just uh love that moment so good so what's your number through number two? My number two is Danny discovers Aegon Targaryen's sixth of his name and Same all of that. Here. Nice. Man. I think I know what your number one is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think so. it's the same as mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be. Gotta be. Okay. So John is in deep deep thought. Um, he's staring at his mother's statue. And oh my God. I think he's really just trying to <sighs> absorb and process and understand the weight of what he is, who he is, and this incredible story behind his his life really yeah and to do it in front of liana's statue i thought was a beautiful touch sort of revealing the hidden truth of her most significant moment um in a way that like exposes the reality to danny and and sort of finally brings to life this whole like epic of of liana's story that's been hidden from reality to somebody who is liana effectively is um danny's sister-in-law so like you know it's it's important that danny knows the truth and doing it in front of liana's statue i thought was a nice tribute to liana to his mother which i thought was appropriate 
I love, so she, she's been kind of cold shouldered by John through this whole episode and she finds him down in the crypts and, and he smiles. He smiles at her and kind of like nods, like it's okay to come over. And she stands by him and he kind of nods again. And she like leans in close to him and grabs his arm. I think She's she like was like, him, yeah. you know, like he gave her that um, unspoken, like, it's okay. Like, I'm not upset at you, mm-hmm. um, you know, body language. And they just kind of sit there arm in arm. She's like, oh, I've sensed the distance. And she's like hugging him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think she was taken aback by it multiple times this episode, so mm-hmm. she was apprehensive, and he allowed... He's like, it's okay. He allowed that, um, you know, for for a moment, and I love her face when he says who it is. It's Leona Stark, and she almost gets like this... Guilty look, kind like, of. Like, oh my god, my brother. Right, like, <sighs> You know, because that's the only story she knows, and she goes, my brother Rhaegar, everyone told me he was a decent man. I, like... Decent. It seems just so basically out of character that he would rape this woman. Like, he loved to sing. He gave money to poor children. I, I just... I can't believe he raped her. Yeah. And, Hashtag, I can't even. And John, he didn't. He loved her. I called that one too. There was a number of times in this episode where I knew like the lines that were going to be spoken. Mm-hmm. They were married in secret. Oh my god! And after god. Rhaegar fell on the trident, she had, she a, had son. a son. And you can kind of see Danny's face. Amelia Clark does a wonderful job again, like Johnson or Kit Harrington last episode. Yeah. Um, the different slow levels of bafflement, progression <laughs> of realization of what is happening. Yep. Um, and the words that are being, I love the way John like tells it like from a third person perspective, right? Like, yeah, like it's, a story. It's and very not, craftily told. I thought it was amazingly done. Like I really liked the way that he told this. I story. feel like it eased the blow a little bit because uh-huh. if he just like popped out and was like, "Hey, I'm your nephew," <laughs> he, yeah, it was like he he was telling a story like about these these people and yeah making it relatable like like he knew that Rhaegar would well robert would have murdered the baby if he ever found out i mean danny ran from robert her entire right. so childhood she, knows. So she understands that feeling and leona knew it mm-hmm. and the last thing she did as, as she, she bled <laughs> on her birthing bed was give the boy to her brother ned stark i love that he gave the name and you kind of see it wash across Danny's face. She's starting to kind of figure it out to raise as his bastard. And her, um, her neck tightens. You can actually like see the like tendons in Amelia Clark's neck, like start, like she's swallowing. She's realizing what is happening. And this is when he drops the big And she's not even blinking. She's just like, her eyes are wide open. Like, just taking it all in and yep and it this is when john transforms it from third person to first person you know using his real name to raise as his bastard and then he says my name my <laughs> real name is egon targaryen and she like got goosebumps all over my arms <laughs> and she like turns like jerks away from him do, do you notice that i know she like like it, it was almost like a oh like don't don't say that. Like that cannot be <laughs> right. And she goes, it's impossible. It's totally impossible. Like, how is that fucking possible? It's impossible. That Luke Skywalker <laughs> moment, you know, with 
with Darth Vader. That's this is obviously a reference to that too as well. As she bled to death on her birthing bed. Let's give the boy to her brother. What happened to your father? Let's stop. He told me enough. To raise as his bastard. He told me you killed him. No. I my name. My real name. Is it gone Targaryen? No, I am Egon Targaryen. No, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's like that Kermit of Frog, the, the frog emoji where he's like, yeah, and I mean, like. You know, and Darth Vader's like, you search your feelings. You know it to be true. And John's like, he says, it's true, Danny. I know it is. Says, I wish it wasn't. Oh, man. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. <sighs> oh, and she's like, but epic. wait, time out. Like, who told you this? Right. Like, how do you know this? How, how do you know this? And why? I think she's trying to process in her mind, like, when did you find this out? Have you known all along? Right. Yeah. She's like, or what the did you fuck? just find out? Like. Where is this coming from? I, it was interesting too. Like you said, he's like, she's like, Impo- that's impossible. And he says, I wish it were. Like it's taken a toll on him, you know. Like, yeah. And he knows that the strain it's about to. Too. Yeah, and he knows the strain it's going to cause between him and Danny. And it's like the same thing that Ned was. He's like, he knew that he had to do this thing that was going to cause a problem with him and Catelyn in their marriage too. You know, which in in Ned's case was not telling the truth, was hiding the truth. But now yeah. John is faced with this similar type thing where he has to tell the truth, even though he knows that it's going to potentially affect his relationship. <laughs> so it's a similar burden for both of them to bear. Yeah, and so she's like, well, you know, he. John was like, well, Bran, Bran saw it. It's like, he saw it? Like, what are you talking what? about? I think, I think in hindsight, she's going to look back because of the, um, the war table, like the strategy, um, the strat, like when they're going over the strategy for the tactics that they're going to do to try to take out the Night King, that Bran is the world's memory. I think that's going to start playing in her mind. Like he saw it, like he sees everything. Cause I think she's She's going to need to talk to him and have him tell her something. You know what I mean? Like I've mentioned before that in the books, she, it probably won't get this, but I could see it happening in the books. She keeps having this recurring dream, like a memory, a longing for this house with the red door where she Mm -hmm. remembers growing up in like Bravos or something like that. So yeah. So I could see you know, her going to, to Bran to be like, what the fuck is going on, basically? And yeah. him saying something like, the, like you, the house with the red door, you know, like something from her past that triggers she's trying, for her she's that resisting, he knows. She's resisting this fact right now. So she's saying like, your brother and your best friend, right. like, don't you think that's right, a little right, fishy? Right. But I think as she goes through the process of what John's going through right now, she's going to remember what Sam said about Bran, like, if he kills you, you would er- he would erase the world's memories. And God forbid, oh my God, I hope Bran does not die because if he dies and Danny doesn't like get to talk to him, this could be a, like a real problem. Yeah, until they 
until Howland Reed shows up when they have to retreat further north. And they're and retreating. Re- retreat yeah. further south. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But yeah, if, if Bran dies, it would be a big fucking mess. It seriously would be. It would I be feel much like he almost, harder to convince her. Yeah, I feel like he almost has to die now that we know that he can't die, that like he has to be protected because he's the world's memory. Oh I, like, my he almost, God. Like, it's like he's like the wall now. The wall has to come down, right? God damn it. <laughs> if he knows? dies and can't talk to Danny or Danny can't talk to him, I really think that's going to be a tough sell for John to mend things with Danny. Yeah, who knows, you know? Oh my god. Oh my god, my head hurts. <laughs> so <sighs> he he mentions that Sam, that Bran saw it and he says, "How did who told you this?" And he says Bran told him, but Sam told him. So that was kind of, you know, inaccurate there. But he says Samwell confirmed it. He read about their marriage at the Citadel without even knowing what it meant at the time. And this is when she's like, really, a secret no one in the world knew except your brother and your best friend. It does seem really fucking suspicious, you know, like super suspicious, but so suspicious that it would be completely unbelievable if it weren't true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's when he said, it's the truth, Danny. I know it is. And I think once once she has time to process and put these little puzzle pieces together, I think brand or no brand she's going to come to that conclusion right because she's going to eventually yeah she's going to remember that conversation she had with with john everybody loves what to do what they're good at right and he's like not me he doesn't yeah and she's gonna remember that's what barristan said about rhaegar as well, well and he, she even and, says in this episode he's true to his word exactly so like like why would he lie about right. this and rhaegal accepting him you know, like so quickly. Yeah, that's and a clue. Only Targaryens can ride dragons. Yeah, all these things. And just the general like mystery surrounding his birth. Like, obviously, it's not like it's 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 an open secret. Like everybody knows that nobody knows who Jon Snow's mother is because Ned never talked about it. Sure. Everybody knows that. So when when Danny learns that nobody has ever known who John's mother was all throughout his life, you know, that's something that plays into the secrecy that would surround hiding a, a prince. You know what I mean? Well, I'm sure Sam still has the diary. So yeah. he can show her at least like he did annul his marriage and get married to Leona. Leona Stark. Yeah. Hopefully so, he has it. Yeah. And, you know, the histories, Sir Arthur Dane was guarding the Tower of Joy, which is in Dorne, which uh, is where Sir John Arthur was Dane. born. We're, we're going to get to talk a little bit about him later on, too. Yeah, so I, I think she needs time. Yeah. I mean, as, as, as does John. I mean, we knew that we weren't going to get like, oh, okay, well, here's your crown. You know, like we knew that they're both going to really struggle with this Probably throughout the entire season. Right. And right if, away, if, she's like, if this were true, it would make you the last male of the House Targaryen. You'd have claim to the Iron Throne. And then before John has a chance to say, I don't doo-doo. care about the Iron Throne. <laughs> yeah, three blasts. Three blasts, God people. Damn it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. God. It's going to be crazy. Oh, what the fuck? Next episode is going to be bonkers. Don't, it's going to be I so don't intense. Think I can handle it. I don't think I can handle it. I think you're going to have to find a new host. Uh, I don't want to watch the show anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Of course, of course. Anything else you want to add about this amazing scene, Danny learning the truth, or shall we move on? We can move on. To our Let's joint on. number one, Giant's Milk. 
The Night of the Seven Kingdoms. (laughs) Of course, not Giant's Milk. It's the Night of the Seven Kingdoms. A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Brianne. So we are gathered back at the hearth and we'll we'll talk about the earlier hearth fire scenes later on but man what a scene this is this this is just so i mean it's just so good right it's just oh man and we're we're getting these good moments like this It, it just tells us they're going to destroy us next episode I know. Like if we if there were tears of joy this episode, there will be tears of sorrow next episode. We've had two episodes that are of like happy feeling and then the kind of the quiet reminiscent before yeah. the storm. Like, yeah, definitely. We're, we're fucked next episode. Yeah. So it starts off with an interesting revelation that Tyrion has made. It's strange, isn't it? Almost everyone here has fought the Starks at one time or another. And here we are in their castle, ready to defend it together. Which I thought was a pretty awesome that like it, it signified the whole trend of like at the beginning of the the season or this the series, how would you describe Game of Thrones? A looming undead threat rides south from beyond the wall while the while five kings squabble over pe- over their petty differences in the southern kingdoms, oblivious to the northern threat, right so this fact that all these people who have fought the Starks together at one time or another are now defending the castle together symbolizes that the Southern Kingdoms are beginning to galvanize against the Northern threat, which is just this whole overarching theme through the whole series. So it's really cool to see, finally, they're all working together here, just as Tyrion mentions, which is really awesome, right? And uh, Totally. And Brienne has a very... Brienne line here right? <laughs> it goes silent for a moment and she kind of sits up straight and says at least we'll die with honor at least we'll die with honor and Jamie turns to look at her after she says that and just has this look of pure admiration on his on his face it made me realize that Jamie is to Brienne as Theon is to John you know, that they mm. they both are seeing this person who they idolize and they, they have this honor that that they want. You know, Theon looks at John and he's like, when we were growing up, every step you took was always the right step. You know, he envies that. It's something that he wants for himself. And I feel like Jamie could have that same thought about Brienne, you know, that yeah. everything, every step she takes is always the right step, you know, and that he, it's something that he looks up to he's been in positions throughout his life where he's had these conflicting oaths and he's had to make these difficult decisions and he's done things that he otherwise would not have wanted to do like pushing bran out of the window right which he obviously Mm -hmm. regrets so he looks at brienne as this person who everything that she does is for the right reasons and for honor and and is noble and i think that you know, it, like I said, Jamie is to Brienne as Theon is to John. Which is that something you could agree with? Sure, I totally agree. Absolutely, love that little parallel. There is kind of cool. And so this is when Tyrion marks himself for death. He's like drunken a little bit. <laughs> I think I we think might we live. Might live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no. and they're like, Don't you're fucking that. crazy, dude. Like, why? How I love the snorting in this ep- in this episode. Like Sansa <laughs> snorts. 
Davos snorts, Jamie oh, snorts. That's great. I didn't even notice that. That's so yeah. funny. And this is when I'm like, oh God, they're all going to survive the battle except Tyrion because of this uh, line. And then he mentions like these legendary people that they're here with. How many battles have they survived together? Like between all of them, like we could survive this. Davos Seaworth survived the Battle of Blackwater Bay even after his ship exploded. And the Battle of Bastards. Like he mentions to those guys who come up to the soup thing earlier in the episode, right? Mm hmm. I survived the Battle of the Bastards right outside these walls, you know, like, you can survive this. And then he All without a shred of combat ability. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, not a fighter. And uh, then Jamie, he mentions fabled hero of the Siege of Pike. But Jamie, of course, has to, he's so humbled nowadays, he has to put Mm -hmm. it in perspective. Fabled loser of the Battle of Whispering Wood. Is that the one that Rob Stark won? Indeed, yep. Totally okay, okay. caught him way off guard. Yeah. And here, and here. Here, here. Sir Brienne Sir of Tarth. Sir of Tarth. Defeated in the, the hound and, and he po- stops himself. Pardon me, Lady Brienne. And Tormund is shocked. She's not what a the sir. Fuck? <laughs> and the second that he said that she's not a sir, I'm sure as most of our viewers out there, I'm sure everybody was like, oh my God, Brienne is about to be knighted. You know, like, did you think I... that? <laughs> I had no idea. Oh my god! Really? My ignorance that a knight could knight another oh. knight. Oh really? Yeah, that's yeah, how it I works. I thought it had to be a king. No, you knew that because we've talked about Sir Arthur Dane knighting Jamie Lannister before. Oh, you know what? It just it didn't connect with me. Gotcha, like, gotcha. It. I, we have talked about that, yes, but mm-hmm. it did not. In this moment, it did not occur to me. Right. Like, yeah, knights make other knights. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It it all makes sense now. Right. Isn't that like it so? Just yeah. Didn't occur to me the second that that Tormund was like, "She's not a sir. You're not a knight." You know, I was like, "Oh my god, she's about to be knighted." And and Bran's like, "Women can't be knights. Why not? Tradition. Fuck tradition. Fuck tradition. Yeah. <laughs> and that must have triggered Jamie to thinking of Brienne saying, "Fuck loyalty. Fuck loyalty. You know and." It cuts over to Brienne, and she's like, I don't even want to be a knight, you know? And then she looks, turns and looks at Podrick. Pod is looking at her like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's looking at her like, don't lie to yourself. And at, at the same time, you can tell he feels sorry for her because she, he knows she deserves knighthood. Like, if anybody yeah. is the like the picture of the, the a true knight in this show, like, in this story, it's Brienne of fucking it's Tarth, you know what I mean? Sir Brienne. Sir Brienne. <laughs> yeah, Brienne of Tarth. And uh, he's, you know, pods, they have this look where like it's brutal. And then Tormund's like, you know, he has to, I'm no king, but if I were, I'd knight you 10 times over, you know? And I love that like double meaning. Like oh, yeah, I'd knight, yeah. you, I'd ten, knight like, you 10 times. Knight at night. Yeah. Ten- <laughs> I'd do lots of other things to you as well 10 times over. And uh, so it's funny. It's funny. It's Tormund, this whole episode has just been like, I think Sir um, Lord Nick of House Wiccans had said in our For the Rewatch chat, he'd said, um, Tormund has been peacocking. Like he's been doing mm-hmm. the male bird thing of like showing off his his plumage and his, his beautiful feathers and like bragging about how he got his name Giant Spain and all of this stuff, you know, as if like being suckled at the teat of a, of a giant <laughs> for three months would impress Brienne. <laughs> and spilling his, his milk his... draining down his yeah, beard. Amazing. Oh my God. That's how I got so strong. 
giant's milk. We'll talk about that later. But, but you know, he's been doing this, all the episode, like trying to show off. And Jay, it's we've seen Jamie in the background. They're in most of the shots where he's seeing like Tormund trying to like move in on his girl type thing here, you know? Yeah. And so this is Jamie's moment where he, it, everything, all the pieces come together and he realizes that he can can give Brienne what nobody else in this room could. That Tormund would knight her, Except but he can't. Except Davos. Oh, he is a... Oh, yeah, he is a knight, He's huh? a knight. That's true. I forgot about that. Good point. Good point. But yeah. But it, it wouldn't be as poetic. No, it wouldn't. And it wouldn't, like... It's not something that he would... He doesn't know Brienne. Like, sure. You know? So... He doesn't know how worthy she is type thing. Exactly. But Jamie does. And so he realizes, you know, Tormund's been trying to show off all night. Now's Jamie's moment to to show his plumage, right? And he's, he's like, <laughs> I can do it. You know, and like, uh, he's like, you don't need a king to make a knight, you know, and everybody kind of like turns and looks <sighs> at him and he's holding... A, a, a goblet in his hand which he had just gotten for himself it's any knight can make another knight and he puts the cup down <laughs> I'll, I'll prove, prove it, it. <laughs> and like I'm just like oh my god my heart stopped at that moment when he said I'll prove it you know just overcome with emotions as uh, he says I'll prove it and he like dramatically Sing. unsheaths that sword and like swings it around and points it down at the ground in front of him. And he's just like, kneel, Lady Brienne, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, this is so bad. Yeah. And, and this is that thing that I'm talking about. She thinks about. that he's joking. Right. It's, it's that post-traumatic stress that she has from that experience where all these guys were asking her to dance and telling her how beautiful she was. And, and then it turned out that it was all like a joke and that she was the 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 butt of this this cruel jape right Mm -hmm. so i think that she's having trouble like even earlier in this episode jamie goes up to her and she's he's complimenting her like oh yeah like i'm sure you'll train podrick great yeah you're right about the about this hill giving us a potential advantage and she's like what are you doing like why like we've never talked this long without you insulting me without you insulting me she can't she has difficulty accepting that Jamie, like who, I, like I said, who's like the poster child for this asshole male archetype that picked on her as a kid. It's hard for her to accept that he's being sincere with her and that he respects her. So at first, you know, she's surrounded by all these people, men, and Jamie's asking her to kneel. At first, she's probably thinking like she'll walk over there and then Jamie will pull away the sword and laugh at her or something like that. Just from her post-traumatic stress from this experience where she's like having this beautiful experience with all these men dancing with her and it's all a lie, you know? So she has this fear that it's going to be a lie, you know? And And then she realizes though the look on his face, he's serious. And so she gets up and... Well, even, be- even before she gets up, he he's like, like, do you want to be a knight or not? Kneel, you know? And then this is, again, she looks over at Podrick, right? And it's, he's it's like, kind of gives her the okay, yeah, like, like, go do it. Do it, do it, do it, you know? And, and then she looks back at Jamie and he nods at her again. And I think this is when she realizes it's not a jape, like that this is her moment. I mean, it's just so beautiful. It's like she gets, she gets this like look of, okay, this is happening. Again, like the the process of realization of something amazing that's about to happen. And she stands up and she walks in in front. She stands up straight and looks at Jamie in the eyes. Yeah. And (laughs) 
Tyrion stands up. <laughs> he realizes, like, this is something that we need to, like, see. This is amazing. An amazing moment. The first, like, Westerosi female knight, Woman? potentially. And also, yes. like, it's just, it's Brienne of Tarth. She's fucking amazing. She's, like, what did what did the Queen of Thorns say? She's singular in her... Singular, uh, yeah, and yes. her, You know, like, this is, like, a huge moment. For and now she is officially singular because she's the only female knight in the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> yeah. For now. Yeah. Um... So she she stands in front of Jamie and her eyes are wide and, you know, welling with tears. And she takes this breath in and she kneels and puts her hand behind her back. Just like she did with with Sansa and Catelyn. Yes. And Renly and Renly. And she's so official. You can see how nervously Jamie's gripping the handle of of Widow's Will as well. His hand is like opening and closing. Oh, he places it on her shoulder in the name of the warrior. I charge you to be brave. And then switches her, you know, the oh, shoulders. So cool. In the name of the Father, I charge you to be just. just. Then he puts it back over. In the name of the Mother, I charge you to defend the innocent. And those three things: bravery, just defending the innocent. That that is what embodies Brienne of Tarth. Definitely, think she's about like it. the like the like you said the embodiment of those characteristics. She is the true knight, which is she it's is. so funny. Some like. A couple characters in this show who are like some of the most true knights of all never were really knights like Sandor exhibits very many qualities of a true knight. Um, and this is also um, she, she says, arise, Bran of Tarth, a knight of the seven kingdoms. And that is like <laughs> and, a and Torben's like doing the, like, yeah, like the major. Com- oh, I forgot to so mention, intense. too, the second Brienne kneels. Tormund stands up. Oh, He's like, damn, this shit's is, about to go down. My girl epic. is getting knighted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Jumps Love up it. too. Man, what a what a scene. And yeah. she has this great uh, emotion of like this beautiful smile just like goes beautiful. across her face and her eyes are welling with tears. And for the first time, I think in her life, she truly feels validated for the person that she is, her soul. Absolutely. Who she wants to be. She's arrived in that moment. And um, Gwendolyn Christie, it, she looks stunning in this moment with this gorgeous smile across her face, tears in her eyes, looking at her fellow men, you know, and they're finally proud of her and not japing Mocking at her. her. Yeah, it's yeah. just so beautiful. It's so good. So he says, arise, Brienne of Toth, a knight of the seven kingdoms. And man, mm-hmm. his voice in this whole scene, like we're really getting like a, like a bassy, gravelly tone from Jamie that we don't typically get. Mm-hmm. He's like really projecting in like an, like an official, like epic way that just accentuates the glory and the beauty of this moment. And I love that what he said, arise a knight of the seven kingdoms because the Duncan egg novellas, the compilation of those came out in one single book called a knight of the seven kingdoms. Right. Oh, wow. So mentioning, (laughs) mentioning a knight of the seven kingdoms here is a a blatant reference to Sir Duncan, the tall who just so happens to be George R. R. Martin confirmed one of Brienne's ancestors. She's, she's, she's descended directly from Sir Duncan, the tall. And there's other really, really cool connections with that in the books, which I've talked about before. I'm not going to get into here, but 
So it's a really great nod to Sir Duncan the Tall. And this is interesting as well because she may have just accomplished something that, that Dunk may never have accomplished himself. It's quite possible that Sir Duncan the Tall was never actually knighted. He pretended oh, wow. to be a knight. Um, as far as we like, it's, it's theorized, you know, he sort of, I, I'm not going to get into that now, but, but Brienne here by becoming a knight may have surpassed Sir Duncan the Tall himself in that respect, which is really cool. And this is also, awesome. um, a really poignant moment because Jamie himself, as I mentioned earlier, was knighted by Sir Arthur Dane who is widely known as like the most respectable and chivalrous and honorable knight. Like, so he's like ever, kind of passing basically. the torch. Yeah, like he so, was knighted by Sir Arthur Dane. Right. Now Jamie is knighting Brienne of Tarth. Right. And it's like, it's sort of like Sir Arthur Dane, this glorious chivalrous knight. It's like almost like his knighthood is now extended to Brienne mm-hmm. of Tarth. Right. And interestingly, now Jamie has connected these two most honorable knights in all of Westerosi history, basically. So they're both connected now through Jamie, who was knighted by one and knighted the other. So that's yeah. a really cool connection now between Arthur Dane and Bran of Tarth, who are just both very worthy of the title of knight, right? Linked together right. by the Kingslayer, which is really bizarre and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and Definitely. also, this is possibly the most romantic thing possible for Brienne who's always wanted to be a knight and now she's looking into the eyes of the love of her life as he gives her the thing she's desired so deeply for so long you know it's even more meaningful it's even more meaningful that it's coming from Jamie and and like it just he Jamie just totally outshined Tormund here you know what I mean Tormund's trying to look like a badass and like impress Brienne but Jamie just took the cake and blew Tormund out of the water by making Bran a knight and giving her that respect that, you know, that she, that she's wanted for so long. And it's just such a beautiful moment. Like, like we keep saying, and it's so intense. And I love Tyrion's pronouncement as Tormund starts clapping. <laughs> Tyrion, Sir yeah. Bran of Toth, Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. And he's like so stoked about it's it. It's like they're in like a big, parade or yeah. like in front of a ton of people think, he's giving he's giving her the same reaction that she would get in front of like a large crowd yeah, essentially like and the pronouncement in a very like setting. he's like the um the herald you know what i mean like announcing mm-hmm. her new title and it's it's just so cool and it's awesome uh, i think they're all all recognize that they're witnessing something really special happening in this moment you know what i mean yeah yeah beautiful moments anything else you want to add about it no, I'm just excited that there's a woman knight in Westeros. Yeah, it's so cool. So even let's if move it's just on. for three episodes. <laughs> or even if it's only for <laughs> half an episode. Yeah. <laughs> like she Hopefully gets she survives. Oh. So uh, nice. should we move on to notes? Let's uh, jump right into it. Um, so we get this scene with Danny talking with Tyrion after they leave the big meeting room and Jamie's accepted and she mentions that either you knew Cersei was lying and let me believe otherwise or you didn't know at all which makes you either a traitor or a fool did that remind you of anything Lady Rachel um Sansa to Littlefinger yes either you knew Ramsay was a psychopath and you betrayed me and sold me off to him mm. or you didn't know and you're a, and fool. You're a fool what value yeah. are, are you to me either way right yeah so that was really cool 
like that connection, especially since we have Danny and Sansa facing off and being compared in this episode. It's like bringing up things that are similar about them, you know, that they even even handle things similarly. Yeah. So she's super pissed. And she's like, if like if you can't help me, you know, get my crown back, I will find another hand who can. And Tyrion says, I suspect one of you will be wearing this before it's all over, like referring to his pin. And this made me think, fuck, like I'm thinking, maybe like he's he some- gonna die. Yeah, he somebody else may be wearing that pin. Well, then it might be it, it might be either Tyrion or uh, Jorah then, because. It's unlikely that she would pin Varys. I think it would be oh, Tyrion or right. Jorah. So maybe it's Tyrion or Jorah who's going to die. Yeah. One of the One two. One of them might die. Oh, so I was, I'm worried that somebody else may end up wearing that hand of the queen pin, but not because Danny took it away, but because yeah. Tyrion is dead, sadly. But you she's know? pissed. She's like, Cersei still sits on the throne, and if you can't help me take it back, I will find another hand. Super pissed. And as we learn later, she's going to send him down to the crypt. Uh, this made me think of, there's a scene, I don't remember how, how much in detail they go into it on the show, but remember when Bran and Rickon and Hodor and Osha are hiding in the crypts and they they go to emerge after Ramsay Bolton sacks Winterfell and runs off with Theon. And I don't know if this was in the show. They're sort of trapped in the crypts. Mm-hmm. Some, something has fallen down onto the, the doorway of the crypts and Hodor has to like... Hodor has to like really like ah, like strain and like lift the door up for the crypts. Can you see where they're I'm going with this? From the, yeah, they're hiding from the Ironborn, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. But, That's right. But I feel like that may be foreshadowing the people in the crypts being end up being trapped in the crypts and are unable to what escape. If it's Hodor. That- <laughs> that would be so cool. But he spent I, time down there and may know where the secret entrance you, is. You mentioned Titanic before. And remember remember how all the third class people ran up the stairway and they couldn't get past the gate? And then somebody dropped mm-hmm. the key and the water was rising and the key was down underwater and they were like diving down under the water to try to open up the gate to grab, to grab the key to open the gate so they could get out of there. I feel like people are going to be trapped in the crypt. And something is going to happen and the gate to the crypt is like the door to the crypt is going to be jammed shut and people, a lot more people are going to die than necessary because it's yeah. going to be trapped I down there. I think a lot of people are going to die next episode. Definitely. Like main characters possibly and also just casualties casualties yeah so next we're moving on to gendry and he apparently doesn't understand yet that it's really important to make Arya her weapon because she's like uh eh, you got my my weapon man and he's like yeah after a few thousand more of these <laughs> stupid girl wants to fight first yeah and make it stronger than this bullshit <laughs> and she's like uh asking him what they're like uh, you know and that's what he, he's want to know and he he's like right, they're really bad she's like what the fuck like really bad come on i want to know what they look right, like what do they smell I know like? what they smell like how do they move are they hard to kill i want to know who we're fighting Good questions and that means that that sort of signifies since she had this specific weapon designed she has some sort of purpose for that in particular i don't know what it is but she wouldn't have asked for the specific weapon if she doesn't even know how she, what the best tactic is to fight the undead she must be going after the night king with that weapon i think she's going after the night king and it or needs the, to like or the dragon or something yeah it's a little small for the dragon yeah yeah the night king probably so Maybe she, oh my God, what if she uses the face of an undead man? Right, yeah. I mentioned that last last episode. Oh, yeah, you did, huh? Maybe that's where I got it from. That'd be crazy. Um, But this is interesting because 
Gendry's like, well, like, I know you're not scared of rapers or murderers, but this is different. This is death. You want to know what they're like? They're <laughs> like death. And I'm like, <laughs> Arya death. knows death. You know, she's one of death's soldiers. And then He's I was like, oh, faces. God, Arya is one of death's <laughs> soldiers. Is that foreshadowing her being turned? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's like, I know death. He's got many faces. I look forward to seeing this one. And she's like one by one throwing these, these, um, these blades, these dragon glass blades. And they're like, and they go boom, like in boom, a perfect, perfect they're like bullseye. perfectly aligned next to each and other. And Gendry's jaw just drops progressively lower each one. Mm, 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 you know? It's like and, my kind of woman. Yeah. And, and she comes strolling around and she's like my weapon. And he's like, oh, I'll get right on it. You know, like when she first walks up on Gendry, she like she's kind of scans him, him yeah. and like her, her little eyebrow. her little eyebrow goes up. She's like, I like what I see. Yeah. And she's kind of lurking, watching him and his element. And then he ends up kind of lurking, watching her and her element oh, later. They are when... Perfect for each other. Yeah, totally. So next we're we've got Tyrion walking around Winterfell and we see all these barricades that have been created that are embedded with they dragon have, like, glass dragon daggers. Glass. Yes, yeah, I noticed that too. It sort of reminded me of Normandy, those X-shaped um mm-hmm. metallic pieces that were cut littered along along the beach of Normandy when the allied forces invaded on D-Day and they had mm-hmm. to traverse these, you know, these structures in the ocean to get to the shore and they're, you know, just all over the place to try to hold them back. So it, it reminded me of those and the, the spike traps from the walking dead to impale mm-hmm. the walkers, like a combination of the two of those. So, uh, Tyrion and Jamie are reunited. Here we are. Together and then again. People spit on him or yeah, like yeah, spit yeah. down towards him. The masses are rejoicing, you mean. <laughs> and uh, Tyrion has to tell Jamie that like Daenerys is different from Ares, mm-hmm. you know, and she he believes in her. I think this is a really important moment. If we had been speculating about Tyrion's intentions, I feel much more secure with Tyrion after this conversation with, with I do Jamie, too. where he's saying I have that like, in my notes, like <laughs> I bet Duncan is going to bring this up as, <laughs> uh, of significance yeah. due to his, Tyri- his Tyrion theory yeah, with Daenerys. Yeah, totally. So he vouches for Danny. There's a lot of people vouching for each other in this episode. Brienne vouches for Jaime. Um, Jorah vouches for Tyrion. Tyrion vouches for Danny. Danny mm-hmm. uh, Sansa vouches for Tyrion. <laughs> so many vouchings. <laughs> Hilariously. So... Yeah. Uh, Jamie funny, uh, funnily says, uh, well, she didn't seem too sure about you, Tyrion. And he's like, well, how can you blame her? You know, <laughs> like he, he he knows what's up. Yeah, I, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I underestimated my opponents, which is, yeah. which is common for clever people. Really they often think they may be too clever sometimes right. and it can bite them in the booty. Yeah, they think they're, they become confident in their cleverness and they don't think other people could possibly be as clever. And so they underestimate the capabilities of their opponents because they're just so used to being so much better, basically, right? It's the same yeah. thing that the Red Viper did. He underestimated Sir Gregor when he was on his back, mm-hmm. you know? So he did. poignant point. Um, and so he asks, was she, I, she lied to me, you know, Cersei, but was, was she lying about the baby too? And the look on his face, he looks like crushed, like at the p- possibility that he could have been manipulated on such base instincts, like something so like essential real. and core as family. Yeah. As so real. how do you feel about Jamie's kind of official note that's 
that is a real statement I mean, that she's pregnant. It's hard to say, you know, for all we know, she could have duped him as well. But it yeah. seems like the showrunners are trying to tell us that she actually is pregnant. Like, I feel that she actually is pregnant based off her reaction when Euron touched her stomach last time because yeah. she goes to sip the right. wine and it made me she think kind of, of like yeah. cringes and almost looks like she's going to cry. Like Jamie's baby is going to be you know, fathered by somebody else yet again yeah. type thing. Yeah, I exactly. feel you. So, um this is an interesting moment. She, this is when um, Tyr- Jamie says, she's always been good at using the truth to tell lies, which I thought was a fucking great line. And like, that's one thing that like, it, it's true. She does that. She uses something true, like her having a baby to, to then manipulate everybody else with like bullshit. Right. And it sort of reminded me of the concept of poisoning the well which is mixing truth with fiction to discredit the, the, the truth. It's kind of what John talked about at the grand meeting when if everyone starts lying, then there's just more lies and then no one knows what's the truth and what's a lie. Yeah, exactly. It's just, exactly. It's all like muddy water. And it's, essentially. it's like the opposite of poisoning the well, where poisoning the well is using fiction to taint the truth. Here, she's using truth to bolster fiction. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of an interesting juxtaposition there with... Um, that concept so he's like don't feel too bad she she fooled me more than anybody jamie says that and Tyrion Tyrion kind of looks at him and he's like what and he, he makes a really good point you always knew exactly what she was and you loved her and you anyway anyway and jamie like is kind of he doesn't have a rebuttal because he realizes it's true and he's kind of like stops in his tracks as Tyrion walks away and i think he's reflecting on just how fucked up that is you know that he still loved her even though she's a horrible person he's coming to terms with the person that he was he is he is ironically after you know saying he was sorry to bran because that was kind of the that's yeah the catalyst exactly the catalyst of that part of his character now him getting that apology is like catalyst it's a catalyst for him coming to grips with other everything else sort of yeah it's wild. Um, well, we're going to die at Winterfell. <laughs> not the death that I would have chosen. <laughs> I love that they brought up what he had mentioned way early on in the series, too, about dying he in his own bed. He said it to Bronn, didn't he? I think so, yeah. A belly so full of wine, a girl's mouth Jamie, around his cock. That means that Jamie and Bronn had talked about the way Tyrion wanted to die. I don't think so. I think that this means that this is just something that Tyrion used to say. Has said a you know, lot. Like, okay. I, you know, I plan on dying an old man at the round 80 with a belly full of wine and a girl's mouth around my cock. You know, I feel like he said that a few times. <laughs> like a mantra <laughs> of his. Good way to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah Sign me up. So I love this reference. and But sadly, it made me think that since they're they're connecting and like forgiving each other and everything that we're probably going to lose at least one of them uh you know which sucks i think it's going to be Tyrion because jamie has to be around to finish out the cersei story right and it would be more drama for jamie and for for danny if Tyrion isn't there to smooth out jamie's presence you know what i mean mm-hmm. so Definitely. it makes oh i'm so nervous and so this is when Tyrion says something else that really freaks me out. At least Cer- Cersei won't get to murder me. I'm sure I'll feel some satisfaction denying her that pleasure while I'm being ripped apart by dead men. Maybe after I'm dead, I'll march down to King's Landing and rip her apart. And I was like, fuck, yeah. I don't even want to think about that, man. And this made me feel very uneasy. Um, I think I think you might be right. I think Tyrion is uh, going to die on, in the on crypt. The list. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. And interestingly, as they sort of 
are standing here together on the battlements looking down over we see over the field as jamie sees brienne below we see that they have dragon glass even like stuck on top of the battlements of winterfell sort oh, of, I, I noticed that too like up on like the yeah um, on the crenellations yes yes they sort you. of uh, they use like nail they'll do put like brushes or nails up on things that they don't want birds to land on so mm-hmm. i'm wondering if this is like a dragon deterrent <laughs> undead dragon I think, deterrent i think it's if they start climbing undead, the walls. Start scaling the oh, walls they'll yeah, impale themselves right. on it and kill themselves that's a great yeah you're right totally so uh damn jamie sees brienne and he's drawn to her and um surprisingly he goes down there and podrick is kicking ass man i was surprised mm-hmm. like i got the he's vibe teaching other people how to fight yeah it, it shows you this actor who plays podrick must be a very good actor because i got the the impression that the actor was actually uncoordinated before you know like he was so mm-hmm. convincing with his with his like fumbling and blundering like around riding the, the horses yeah. which drove me insane i thought that he was actually like an uncoordinated person so i'm ple- pleasantly surprised to see that this actor is actually physically gifted as he's you know showing some good and vocally good gifted too. Here. he has a great voice great voice yeah i've um, i've heard people have definitely mentioned to me that they like his speaking voice which apparently sounds different than his uh, character's voice um oh interesting yeah, so he does have a great voice. Um, so good acting. I like that. And Jamie comes and, he, you know, Sir Jamie, Lady Brienne, and they're talking about, he, he says he's come a long way talking about Podrick. So essentially complimenting her teaching, right? And she's like, oh, he's still got uh, a lot to got learn. Lot, he's got a lot to learn. And she, he compliments her again. I'm sure you'll teach him, you know, like another compliment to her skills. And then they're talking about the rise on the hill and how it might give them an advantage. And he's complimenting her yet again. Yes, I think you're right, he says, complimenting her planning. And so like we talked about, she's got this traumatization. She's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. She's like, where is the jape coming in? Like, you can't just be complimenting complimenting me. You're like, she's not used to having men be sincere, you know. So it's really sad the way that she reacts sad for both of them. Cause she's like, what are you doing? You know, I think, you know, and he's like, I truly it's don't. Like, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Right. Like we've never gone to have a conversation this long without you insulting me. Not once. And the, the little back and forth there was so funny. You want me to insult you? No, Good. I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> it's such a funny little back and forth, like a little heated, you know, thing where like they both, they're both frustrated and they want to get along, but Bran thinks that he's messing with her and he's, he's sincere and she frustrated by how she's reacting, not believing that he's sincere. And so we get another huge, huge moment to hear where, where Jamie shows Brienne his belly, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he submits to Brienne and takes the secondary position. I want to fight position. under your command. Yes, this is a heavy and moment, man. And she nods man. to him like, yeah, yeah, like you can do it. And you can do it. He pledges his sword to her and he's very honest with her as well. He tells her, I'm not the fighter that I used to be. This is dangerous information. Like this is not information that like the public can be aware of, you know, for his safety. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's telling her that means he trusts her. The fact that he pledges her his sword it's it's huge for both Brienne and jamie brienne realizes she's finally earned jamie's respect and his admiration and this sense 
of accomplishment that Jamie felt by having Brienne vouch for him in the in the first scene of the episode and putting herself on the line for him, I think it's equally as impactful for Brienne now in this moment to realize she's earned Jamie's sincere respect. The way that he always used to treat her, you know, he was essentially representative of those arrogant jerks from her childhood. I think so. Um, I think you really hit it on the mark with that whole... Right. Thank kind you. Of I, I, that, that, clo- that, that closure that she needed. And it right. all came to fruition when he knighted her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, this, this, I think that PTSD might be, re- I think she was releasing a lot in that moment where she smiled finally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Releasing a lot, a lot. I mean, we've never seen her smile in the presence of Tormund before We've seen at her all. smirk, but we've never seen like... Something like that? That was like... I mean, oh my God. An extraordinary it was, smile. I had tears instantly while in my eyes when I saw that smile. I'm trying to hold them back right now. <laughs> I, I have goosebumps all over my arms, so it's just... <laughs> I, I, really, I really love where you're going with this whole thing because it's, this yeah. is... This scene is reminding us of that PTSD, and then we get the night the knighted scene, right? That kind of closes that chapter she in Brienne's right. Book. She can't like fully accept it now. She she's like so shocked by this that he's like, you know, I I'm not the fighter that I used to be, but I'd be honored to serve under your command if you'd have if you'll have me, right? And yeah. she she can't like fully come to grips with it all right now. Like she nods to him and then she's just like, I, I gotta go, you know, and like kind of runs away before she yeah. starts crying, you know? Um, but yeah, like I think that since he was representative of all those jerks from her past, that particularly, particularly earning his respect, he who was worst of all, who treated her like garbage from the moment of meeting her, um, it's like, a victory over all of those totally. bastards from her childhood who totally. picked on her. I, I, I definitely think it's, you know? it's a, it's that, that chapter in her life. She can finally put to rest and not feel that way anymore. Yeah. Earning Jamie's respect who symbolizes all of them. It's like, he's the, he's more powerful, bigger, badder, more badass more cool you know than any of them ever were so if she earns his respect it's like all of those low down no good schmucks from her past those low people like their opinions are worthless compared to jamie's you know what i mean so if she wins his all that is like nothing anymore you know what i mean so it starts here and it 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 finishes with like you mentioned him knighting her later on and her learning in truth that she's earned his respect. And this is like a whole new chapter for Brienne. And hopefully it's longer than just a page. <laughs> I, mean, like, I hope so. I think could, it will be. I think she'll stick around a little bit. I have a feeling she might survive. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah. Tomorrow. I hope so. Man. Not tomorrow, but next, <laughs> next week. Episode. I feel like we need to take a moment here to mention all of the incredible wardrobe changes in this season. Oh my god, Danny's jacket with the red and the gray. Dude, oh my god. And Sansa, her like Sansa multi-layered looks like level a hot, le- leather. She looks like, like a dominatrix. Cracking. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said on the live show last night. She looks like a straight dominatrix. She's got a chain totally around her does. neck and everything like a choke chain. And it's like all leather strips across her bust and she looks 
phenomenal. Like lay- yeah, the layers of strips. It's yeah. What um, cool... Leona Mormont looks oh, man, amazing. Her outfit is incredible. Super crisp. And like Jorah, crisp. Jorah Mormont as well. His new armor is just fantastic looking. Everybody has a, an, a wardrobe makeover that is just next level. Like they really outdid themselves this season with the wardrobe. Um, even better than it's ever been, I think, which says a lot. I thought that was worth mentioning. I completely agree. And then, um, so we get we get Jorah vouching for t- for Tyrion. He goes in with his amazing armor to see Danny, and she, she's like, she's like, so you surprised. forgave me. Like, I think you need to forgive Tyrion. Yeah. It broke my heart when you named him the Hand, but I really think you made a good choice. She's so like, wait I, a second, you need to stick with it. Yeah, you're you're advising me to forgive the person who stole your job. I was under the yes. impression you didn't like this guy, and he's like, yeah, his mouth hardly moved, stopped moving between Volantis and Marine. I wanted to throw him in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but the mind behind all those words, even Jora, like, has to recognize the truth, and this is a very he powerful owns his moment. Mistake, and he learns from them, yep. and that's a powerful person to have by your side as an advisor yep. so she's like you're advising me to forgive the man who stole your position and he's like i am and one yeah. other suggestion if you'll allow me go and talk to sansa go talk to sansa <laughs> i was going to ask you what do you think the suggestion was talk to sansa in general talk to sansa mm. about Tyrion. she goes to sansa so it's got to be something sansa related um i think it's work work on the relationship because she is a lady of winterfell in the north the North follows Sansa. So if, if Danny wants the North, she's got to go through Sansa first right. to get it and make. Yeah. She's got to work out peace. her differences with Sansa. I think yeah. that's the message. Like because forgive I think, Tyrion, I think it's tangible. figure it out with Sansa. I think they're, um, they're clashing and their tension is tangible to the people around them. Yeah, so. definitely. Man, so we got the next scene where she meets with Sansa. It's we talked Theon. about that. And yeah, and now it's Theon. Oh my gosh. Oh, and man. they walk in together. So Sansa and Danny walk in together, and Theon looks over at Sansa, and then he looks at Danny, and he goes and kneels in front of Danny and goes, My queen. She asks about Yara. Well, she's safe. She's good. She's on her way back to the, the Iron Islands. She's going to take them back in your name. And Danny's like, well, why are you here? And he looks at Sansa when he says, I want to fight for Winterfell. Yes. Lady Sansa, (sighs) if you'll have me. Just the way that Jamie had said to Brienne, if you'll have me. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, just like I said, Jamie is to, is to Brienne as Theon is to Jon. You could also apply that to, you could just say as Theon is to the Starks, right? The Starks in general. So that parallel is, is made plain here by them using even the same language. And I love that Sansa doesn't even like say a word. She just runs up and just gives him the biggest hug. And And Danny, Danny, I think was a little taken aback by that. I don't think that Danny, I don't think either Sansa or Danny realized that the other one had any type of connection or relationship with with Theon. Theon. I, I, I agree for sure. Right. And I think Theon was a little surprised to see the two of them together. Together. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. And I mean, she Sansa loses her shit here, like a full, like she's crying, full emotional like, cry. meltdown. Yeah, like <laughs> the look on her face when she's hugging him. And and then later in the episode when Podrick is singing, we get a montage of couples. We get Sam and Gilly lying in bed. We get. Arya and Gendry lying yes, in bed. Yes, we get Sansa and, and then Theon. We get I was curious Sansa and Theon. what you thought of that. Yeah, I feel like Sansa may have developed feelings for Theon 
somehow. Even though he has no cock. Even though, yeah, I'm paralleling the Missandei Grey Worm relationship to some extent. Like, like, I feel like, I mean, she rushes him here and hugs him and is crying. And then later on, when we get that clip of them in the montage of the couples during Padraig's song. They're like song, staring silently at They're each staring other. at him and she's like looking him in the eyes and like is like giving like, like, She's like giving him like, like almost like a, not like a seductive, but like an alluring smile. Like, like it's, it says to me that she is thinking like romantically about Theon, which was very surprising for me. Possibly. She could also just be glad that he's alive and back. It could be, but they showed him amidst couples. Everybody that was being shown in that song was couples. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. The way she rushed him, it was just so like. Like there was an element of romance to it, you know what I mean? Very, like I said, very surprising to me. Um, so next we have those soldiers who meet with Davos, and we we end up seeing, you know, Davos is like, "I survived, you can survive. Go over there, they'll outfit you." We end up seeing that guy later on with a bow atop the yeah, the walls, and he's right? like trying to figure out like how that works. <laughs> yeah, so this little girl ends up approaching there and Davos turns to see her and is st- shocked into silence as he sees she's got a scarred face which makes him think of Shireen. Right? Um did you happen to hear what song is playing in the background? You mentioned something about Patchface? Is it it's is it it's Patchface song? It's always summer under the sea. It was playing. Oh my god, I didn't It was I the didn't violin notice. was playing it. Yeah. I know. So I it was know. Oh, exactly. oh, oh, damn. That's so good. So I yeah. just thought this was great. You know, the little, he's like, well, where, she's like, where do I go? And he's like, well, where do you want to go? And we learned that I she wants that. to be a fighter. You know, her brothers were fighters who apparently sadly are lost, but she wants to follow in their footsteps and, and defend Winterfell. It looks like she had a burn on her face. And I found it interesting that it was on the same side as the hounds too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah, looked definitely. like a burn to me. It wasn't like grayscale or anything, yeah, but yeah, it, it was, was on the same side of, of the faces of, of the hound. I got the same vibe, definitely. So Gilly approaches and she's like, oh, you you want to be... And a- Gilly had just gotten done telling where the women should go, like where the crypt is. It's yep. the safest place that you can be. Again, we get it again. Yeah, safest place. Um, it's yeah, right it's, under the archways like over there. And... Uh, so they very deftly handle this little girl, uh, making her feel valued and important as a Gilly fighter. Gilly is so clever with so this. So clever, right? Super clever. How awesome I love, is that? It's like her little mama instinct kicks in. You know, she doesn't want to crush this little girl's dream. And she goes, you know, that's really good to hear because I'm going to be down in the crypts with my son. And I would feel a whole lot better if you were there protecting me. Yeah, so good. And I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly like how you talk and Davos, to little kids. Yeah, exactly. And Davos, too. He's good. He already he has this, you know, he's so good with little girls, especially. But he's like, I'm sure a lot of people would you know, feel better with you down there to protect them. And she's she like, OK. I'll defend the crypt. I'll defend the crypt. I was like, oh no, oh no. Oh, I know. And then we go down there. She starts walking away and we get one ominous note in the song that made me think, oh, that's not good, man. Like, it's not not going to be good. So next we get a horn blast and the Night's Watch and Tormund arrive. And it's the Night's Watch. Yay. Damn. Yeah. We get this. It's the the Game of Thrones theme song. Um, Yeah. But it's like very, very happy. Like the happiest Mm -hmm. we have ever heard it. And- 
you know, John starts running up to hug his Night's Watch brothers, and right at the last second, he's tackled by Tormund. And oh Which my god! Which kind of came out of nowhere, and it like really surprised me. Yeah, it terrified me. <laughs> my little crow, though we lost you. It really makes me feel like you know it's foreshadowing something bad potentially like things are going to be going good and surprise motherfucker first prize motherfucker hard eyes motherfucker rude eyes motherfucker supplies motherfucker some fries motherfucker disguise motherfucker surprise motherfucker dead rise motherfucker i've always had blue eyes (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) love it my little crow he says yeah we we discovered that (laughs) They have to go around the yeah. army to get there. Oh, and man. John's like, well, how long do we have? And Tormin looks at him and he goes, before the sun comes up tomorrow. Over Santa Monica <laughs> Boulevard. And uh, yeah. Is the big woman still here? Yeah. I love, I, I love his love for Brienne is just amazing and beautiful to me. It's, it's, I want to it's make so babies innocent. with her. You know, I, it's so innocent and just like true. He reminds I feel me of like, like an elementary school boy going after like a girl that he likes. Like he tries to <laughs> impress her, like right, right, chugging right, right, right. the milk and yep. you know telling the story, like make himself sound like super badass. He just doesn't understand just like, where she's coming from at all. None of this stuff would be impressive to her. <laughs> she's like, dude, gross. <laughs> I like how yeah. he refers to John too. He tackles him and he's like. You know, like giving him a noogie essentially, and he's like, My little crow. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like so glad to see John. I love their relationship too. And John's like, I thought we lost you. You know? Oh nope, man, still East got Watch. Me for a bit. Yeah. So next we get a preparation montage and they're getting all this stuff ready, testing the catapults, doing all this stuff. Um the the and, unsullied have dragon glass spheres yeah, now. Yep, and this is John's giving a montage, and it's leading into the war room scene that you talked about earlier. His terrifying speech: "Our enemy doesn't tire, doesn't stop, doesn't feel." I'm like, damn, that's that's nuts, man. Super intense, An endless night. Ooh. So where are we next? Um. What after everybody leaves and Tyrion looks over at Bran and he's like, Do you need help to get out of here? And Oh yeah. You know, Tyrion says, Well, you've had a strange journey and Bran's like, Well, stranger than most and pulls up a chair. I'd like to hear about it. It's a it's long, a long story. story. If only we were trapped in a castle in the middle of winter with, with nowhere, nowhere to, to go. go. Beautiful line. Love I the love imagery that. of that. So, so good. So I'm I I would love to be a fly on the wall in that conversation oh, yeah. to see how detailed Bran got, how long they spoke for. And then I drank um, paste made out of Jojen for months and living under the root roots of a tree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's a, like theories of Jojen paste. People think that in the books they may the children may feed Jojen to, to Bran. Ew, that's yeah, so gross. pretty crazy. <laughs> it's pretty bugged out. Um so next we get Missande and Grey Worm, right? And Having she gets a heart totally to heart. snubbed by those little girls. Yeah. So again, I think Grey Worm might see his end. Oh, yeah, um, he has to. Because they're talking about this. the future and yeah, I'll take um, you being to the loyal to the queen and oh. you know that he'll he'll kill all of our enemies. But when it's all over, I want to take you somewhere. Where basically, where would you like to go? And she goes, I want to go home. I want to see Narnia Not- again. Oh, um, so sad. But my people are peaceful. We can't protect ourselves. Right. My peaceful mm. are not peaceful. We will protect you. But it's it's so sad. He's like, she's like, I'd like to see the beaches again. 
And he's like, then I, don't think then I will, will take you there. Yeah. I Well, you know, as soon as he says, after the war's over, I'll take you to do this. You know, it's not yeah, going to happen, no, right? That's, <laughs> At least, that's the kiss of death in Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's totally. It's the kiss of death to say shit like that. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add about that part? It's just so no, sad and beautiful and it's sad. It's so sad. It, there, I think when he kissed her when the song was playing, that was goodbye. Yeah. At the end there. Grey Worm. Definitely. Uh, it's so sad. So we get... um. Sam talking to John on the battlements about biding your time. Have you told her yet? Being careful, biding <laughs> like, your time, what the waiting fuck for the perfect are you waiting moment. For, dude? <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny the way he's like saying all these, all these different ways of saying the same thing, just kind of like taunting him almost. Oh, and then here we go again, Dolores Billy, little said. Sam. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah. Safe, safe in, in the, the crypt. crypt. I'm like, nope. oh my god, nope. no, nope. no, nope. no, you guys, like, get out of the crypts. <laughs> yeah, and um. Damn. Uh, and Dolorous Ed shows up more Dolorous than ever. Like this we is get ghost. Yeah. With oh yeah. Skinny ghost legs. is chilling there too. I was like, oh, Travis has got to be excited about ghost, and he didn't really skinny look very big. Ghost. No. <laughs> Tiny kind of ghost. He. I know that he was like in the background, but he had like really skinny little legs. It was uh, funny. That's great. And <laughs> but you know what? We got ghost. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, we're going to get more we of ghost next ghost. episode too. Next episode, I think and is going to be a big ghost episode. And her pack of wolves. Yeah, that'd be so cool if they showed up. They're next episode, dude. Next episode is going to be fucking legendary. Like they're pulling all the stops for next episode. I all the stops. Yeah, it's 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 on biggest battle yeah. sequence in history. What else are they going to do? That's going to be the biggest and baddest in history. You know what I mean? Oh God! Nuts. So Dolores Ed shows up, and uh, they're <laughs> he's shitting all over Sam as Sam is trying to avoid the crypts himself to stay and fight. And um, he's like, you know, I've killed. Uh, you, seems everyone seems to forget I'm the first man to kill a White Walker, <laughs> and I've killed Thens. Then, <laughs> and he stole a considerable number of books, which is funny to throw in there. Yeah, because that makes you a good fighter. And Dolores said apparently hasn't been fucked, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> he says, Samuel Tarly. Calling you fucked wouldn't be strictly accurate. <laughs> yeah, Samuel Tarly. I love how they all kind of laugh at that. Like, yeah. even John, like, yeah. chuckles at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Slayer of White Walkers, lover, lover of ladies. ladies. As if we needed any more signs, the world is ending. Burn, man. Dolores Ed, rough with Sam And they're Sam thinking here. back to like where they started with yeah. Bren and Pip, and it's just us three. Last man left, burn the rest. That oh, yeah. was an intense and, line. I'm not ready for that, man. I'm not ready. And I felt like this was more of the book style of Dolores Ed, where he's like super mm. dour and super negative and, and Dolores, like he's real, real negative in the books in hilarious fashion. <laughs> this is a good yeah. example of that. So we we cut over to Tyrion and Jamie and Tyrion. This I love Jamie in this scene. He, I wish Father were here. Uh, I'd love to see the look on his face when he realizes his two sons are about to, to die, die defending, defending Winterfell. Winterfell. Yeah, what and a great Jamie line. totally snorts. He's like, "Oh my <laughs> god, that would be pretty fucking badass." Yeah, hilarious point by Tyrion. I thought that was a really funny line. Yeah, so they um they kind of start talking about like their first time coming up to Winterfell and Jamie was the golden lion and Tyrion was the whoremonger. <laughs> yep. And it was all so simple back then. I was sleeping with my sister and your only friend on the planet was your brother who was sleeping with his sister. <laughs> <laughs> Classic one. Um, but, you know, I, you know, that's off the table for me, but you can still be a whoremonger. You know, that's still an option for you, right? 
Yeah. So what do you think he, he means here when he says his whoremongering days are over, basically? I think he knows that. I think maybe he's still trying to get in with like either possibly Sansa or even Daenerys still. And he knows that going around whoring is really not the way to like win a wife. It signaled to me that he was pining for somebody and that maybe he wouldn't even be capable of whoring. Like remember when he was at that whorehouse in Volantis? Oh, like with Shay. He couldn't do it because he was missing Shay. Yeah. And he's like, perhaps I don't even, nobody's more surprised than me. He says, right? The perils of self betterment. (laughs) Yeah. He tries to disguise it as self betterment, which we know is not the case. So, um, Q, Brienne, and Pod, and they're like, oh, crap, sorry, we didn't, like, mean to interrupt, but we're just looking for someplace warm to contemplate your imminent death. (laughs) (laughs) And Podrick wants a drink, but Bran is, like, ever serious. And Oh, my God, I love that Tyrion, she goes, you know, okay, Pod, like, just a half a glass, and Tyrion's, like, dumping it out, it's, like, falling over the sides of the cup, and Pod looks at at Tyrion, like, I like you, I got you. So yeah, because awesome. they're old buddies, man. You know, it's like yeah. Tyrion and Pod. They were the original duo. The OG duo. Yeah, well, one of them um, is one of the original duos before, so after Tyrion and Bronn or something. <laughs> Brienne's like, I can't drink. I'm going to try to get some sleep. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No one is sleeping in this castle right. tonight. Like, she's like, fine, nobody. fine, I'll stay for a little bit. And man, I bet she's glad she stayed for that drink. You know, she she went. Oh, my God. She wouldn't she have been knighted. She left that room a night, you know? Mm. So badass. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. And Tormund yeah. walks in with, uh, you know, Davos, Davos rushes in. But they're like, oh, crap. Yeah, Sorry. Brienne <laughs> senses Tormund even before he gets fully in the room. She, like, kind of, like, hears him coming and we get that close-up of her face looking out at the side of her eyes as he walks around. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It could be our last night in this world, you know. It's like raising his eyebrows. He's like, get my drip? Uh-huh, get my drip? You get my drip. <laughs> And she's like, yes, well, I'm glad you're here. I thought that was interesting. Ooh, fighting with us, she's I mean. Like, Wait, I mean, uh, I'm glad you survived Eastwatch. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, deep down, maybe she does kind of have, like, a little thing for Tormund. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And she, he goes to, to Jamie. They call you King Killer. And he's, I'm sure someone does. Hilarious, because obviously it's King Slayer. I thought maybe this was, like... A little nod to the King Killer Chronicles, which are another famous book series, which are um, referenced. Oh, interesting! Yeah, when people like are like, "Oh, what other series are good?" Like Game of Thrones, people often bring up um, the Mazalan Book of the Fallen, uh, the King Killer Chronicles, uh, you know, things like that. So it was interesting that he said King Killer. I thought maybe it was a nod to that other series, possibly. And this is when we get the Giant's Bane story. How he killed a giant when he was 10 and climbed into suckled, bed with his wife. Suckled by, by a giant teat for three months. And yeah. that's why he's so strong. Giant's milk. Yeah, hilarious. And then he starts drinking out of that awesome horn. I want a horn Huge like that. Huge horn. Travis, I and think, sells horns like that. This, I think it's that fermented goat's milk oh. that John tasted up with Mance up in the north, so, up beyond the wall. It's rugged. Whatever that made it him like choke. He's like, what the fuck was that? And it he's like, it's so- a proper drink. <laughs> Giant's milk. It was so over the top the way he was like spilling it and like oh, mm, as he's drinking. I know, and it's like draining down his beard, and Brienne's like looking at him, and Jamie's like, "This is mm. happening," and Tyrion's like, "I don't know, <laughs> this is weird." Maybe I will have that drink. 
we're all thinking like, oh, this is so gross. It makes me like not want to drink, you know. But then then Davos has the opposite reaction. He's like, he sees how much Tormund is enjoying it, and he's like, maybe I will have that drink. <laughs> and Tormund's like, join the club, join the club. It's good shit. Yeah. And then Arya's nice. going to see Sandor, and she sits quietly next to him, which I thought was so fucking cool. And he's like, mm-hmm. you never used to shut up. Now you're just sitting here like a mute. <laughs> and they're like the same person sitting there, they like totally the same are. expression on their face. Like I thought it was just so cool. She's like, "Guess I've changed." And uh, she's like, "What?" Well, she gets serious, she's real with him. She's like, "What are you doing up here?" Because they haven't like really had a chance to talk. She defended Gendry, and she, but she was more like interested in talking with Gendry at that moment. So she's asking him, like, "What the hell are you doing here? You you fought with John. You joined the Brotherhood. You went beyond the Wall. Like you're here now. Why?" And she's like. You can tell she still has a little pent up frustration with the hound. She's I like, think she's still angry with him yeah, in, in a way. She's she's processing it like the way that, um, you know, Danny's going to be processing the, the new information or the way that we're, <laughs> we're talking about somebody else processing something else in this episode as well. Brienne processing Jamie's sincerity. Um, I think that it's going to take, you know, a, a little bit. Um, for Arya to fully get on board with the Hound, but I think that they will reconcile before all is said and done. Before we lose one of, you know, if we lose one of them, I think they'll put their differences aside before that. Maybe in that last moment. But um, she's she's mad. She's like, when was like, why are you here? When was the last time you fought for anybody but but yourself? You know, like you um, you just a selfish you, didn't I? right? And that's such a amazing moment he turns to her and they look each other in the eyes and he's like i fought for you you know didn't i like i died for you basically yeah like i fought that beast of a woman and to protect you and it it cost him a lot and i think that you know it she realizes that he's right you know and she doesn't have like some snarky response or anything like that but they're also cut off because barrack shows up <laughs> he's like it may as well be a bloody wedding yeah. and i oh, thought that was kind of interesting the hound gave uh, aria his giant wine skin as well too they shared a drink which i thought was pretty cool that says a lot without saying anything yeah like sharing wine yeah. together and of course barrack has to like preach and the hound has a great line thoros isn't here i hope you know I hope you're not about to give to, about to give a sermon because if you are, the Lord of Light's gonna wonder why he brought you back nineteen times, 19 times. <laughs> just to watch you die when I chuck you over this fucking wall. <laughs> that was a Arya's great like moment. looking around. She's like, I this is I'm so over this. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go fuck Gendry now. Yeah, I'm not spending my final hours with you two miserable old shit. Miserable old shit. shit. Yeah, so she and goes down to... the most shocking scene for me. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got Gendry lurking as Arya's in her <sighs> element now. And we get Arya's I was really mystical surprised. music playing. Mm-hmm. That's me. Oh, man. I was very shocked by this scene. I think a lot of people were. I get why people felt awkward watching Arya get it on for the first time because right. she started off as a little girl. But yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess I felt the same way, but I was more shocked that it went from like zero to a hundred in so fast. one episode. Yeah. And I think I said it in our group chat. It's like, I think that's going to be like my mantra is I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't think 
this would happen this soon, it like whatever this like, is. Yeah, it wasn't quite one episode, though, because we did get that moment last episode, remember, where she tells him to make the weapon and then she walks away and she's like, I'm the only rich girl, you know, and she kind of like spins back towards him. And like, I was referencing oh. that episode <laughs> as being one episode and it oh, okay, happening okay. in this episode. Okay. Yeah, In the span so, of one, you know, one episode having like, elapsed. Gotcha. Yeah, because like they just reunited like one episode ago, yeah. and now this episode so funny. Like they went from like, I mean, it's magnets, and he he divulges to her, "I'm Robert Baratheon's bastard," Dude, and, and she, she like kind of like looks. She's like, "Oh my god, what?" Yeah, she stopped dead in what? her tracks. Yeah, what, 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 <laughs> what, 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 what? And, uh, she starts asking him about the red woman because the last time they How had seen she know each other, about this? the last time they had seen each other, they were together. They were going north in the, with the Brotherhood without banners, and when they were in the cave before Sandor's trial by combat, they the red woman arrived and took Gendry away. Yes, yes. So she's Arya starts asking him like, "Oh, it was funny too. Was that your first time?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it was the first time somebody put leeches on my cock." Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, having no, sex, you idiot. <laughs> Were there other girls before that? Uh, well, Gendry's like, no, no, I, I wasn't with her. She's putting names on her list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, I saw that meme. So funny. I think uh, Princess Sarah sent that to me. But she's nice. like, uh, she's like, were you with other girls before that in King's Landing? And he's like, you know, I don't I don't even one, two, uh, 20. He's yeah. like, I don't know. I didn't keep count. And she's like, yes, you did. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I okay, know. three. three. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she, she, yeah, like you said, total acceleration, one to zero to 60 in 0.2 seconds. We're probably going to die soon. I want to know what it's like before that happens. Aria, no. Yeah, and she just starts, she goes at him. She's like breathing all heavily and just like ripping his clothes off and Ugh, shit. God. I was like, it damn. Was like, oh my God. <laughs> This I feel is like, crazy. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, really, really crazy. Super surprising. I was like, oh my God. I feel like, I felt like she was going to show her boobs. And I was like, you know, like I was. I was really kind of worried about that. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I don't I, know how I, I feel still, about that. Yeah, I, I still see her as like a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Uh, so no. it's just like, it's awkward. We, we basically got boobs because we did see like side boob and nipple probably as well. Um, it was kind of hard to see the I nipple was, it, it's definitely a body double i was looking and like not looking at the same, <laughs> the same time because like she's like you know, i don't want to look i, I know look she's like 22 but yeah, I know. it's weird I know. it's weird yeah, yeah I, i'm glad they didn't go full frontal with her because she was a kid on this show like i know even if she's it's, not a kid now same, she was a kid on this show it would be weird on this show the same if with she Sansa, was this. in the rape scene with ramsey i was really concerned that we would like right. see her and i'm glad that they didn't do that with both Arya and sansa because of that reason but right i mean and then uh she is grown she's a grown-up now i mean she sure. Is. So she's like, she's like, I'm not the red woman. Take your own bloody pants off. And they're like making out and doing it and everything. And good for her. You know, she, she stood up I, for what I she loved wanted. It. I think it's empowering for her. She was a child on the show. This is a show about sex and violence. And mm -hmm. she for the became character, a woman though. in front of our eyes. And it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it was a bit awkward, but a lot of the sex scenes in the show are a bit awkward. So <laughs> I didn't even I mean, like, 
I, I just thought it was awkward because it's Arya and because we saw her as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, we came yeah. to know her as a kid. That's I, what was I awkward. I don't think the scene. Most of the internet. Yeah, I don't think the scene itself was awkward at all. I thought it was really well played by both the actors. I thought that, um, you know, it made sense and flowed and just fit and, like, it was believable. I thought the scene was good. I just felt awkward because I think of Arya as a child. Like most of yeah. the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt that way. Definitely. <laughs> So, um, nice. where are we next? We better oh, get some rest. Yeah, we're back no, in the hall. Let's stay a bit longer. Hearth fire, yeah, but but they're out, of, out wine. of wine. Oh Jaren's man! Like, Damn it! I'm not drunk enough. <laughs> yeah, and this is a great scene. This is the last scene we have to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. This is a great yeah. scene to end on, but we'll get to that. So Tyrion has the idea of like maybe we should have a song. Anybody? Sir Davos? <laughs> nope. I'll just pray for a quick death. No, if you if you hear me saying you'll pray for a quick death. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what it like, is. You'll, it. it would be torture. Basically. So, you don't want to hear me saying yeah, Sir Brienne. The first time we hear her called Sir Brienne, you know, Sir after Brienne. the nighting. It's not. I'm not used to that. It's weird. Nope, don't have any songs. Nope. Torment. Nope. Nope. I'm surprised then, Torment didn't sing. You know, he's he, he seems like the kind of guy that would, he must be really drunk. He just seems like he's like, oh, like I'm like. Well, he chugged all that fermented goat's milk. Yeah, he's probably just too out of it. He's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, like you said, Podrick starts singing, right? Oh. High in the halls of the kings who are gone, Jenny would dance with her ghost. The ones she had lost and the ones she had found and the ones who had loved her the most. This song has haunted me all day. Been gone it's haunted me all day, so guys. Like, yeah, me too. It, I can't get it out of my head. I love Florence and the Machine. I listen to them. It's so good. They spun and everyone just kind of zones out and just takes it in. And like you said earlier, we, we start getting that montage of couples. And, mm-hmm. and this is the, potentially the last time Grey Worm and Missandei see each other. Like you said, they he the unsullied yeah the unsullied are preparing for battle and they have a passionate think, kiss and he walks off and I think maybe um, oh, and yep. it's horrible it, I that that bed scene um, yeah like the Titanic like you said like yeah doomed. it really gave me I had that same vibe for that, that whole scene really ominous ominous feeling feeling especially Sam and Gilly just laying with each other oh. with little Sam in the middle and, and she I'm never just, wanted to leave goosebumps please. people goosebumps or goosebumps thinking about it and like you know, never wanted to leave. Jenny of Oldstones dancing in the in the court with ghosts. Never wants to leave with the ghosts of the kings, and and then it's like Grey Worm. You know, he he's kissing Missandei, and I'm sure he never wants <sighs> to leave that moment. And Sam lying with Gilly and Theon and Sansa connected together, and Arya and Gendry. And like nobody ever wants to leave any of these moments. You know, like it's everybody around like the fire. Emotional for me. I the song it, it like put me in a weird funk all day. I understand. Because I rewatched yeah, I it again this morning. It's really powerful, and, and, and it, it's the way that. Um, Podrick sings it so good, so but it's emotional. Also, 
the Florence and the Machine version and during the credits is the one that really... I haven't had a chance really... to listen to that version fully yet oh because the second episode ended, I had to run upstairs to prepare for the live broadcast and then I didn't even get to finish the last oh scene today God. taking notes to, <laughs> for it. I just had, you know, I memorized that Dan and Johnny scene well enough that I felt comfortable talking about it. But, um, dude, the song... It, it it has we've mentioned all of the ways that it's significant how it represents this moment in time for us as a viewers as an audience we don't want to leave this moment of happiness we know we're going to be thrust into horror and pain and sorrow next episode and it it has implications for john the way that duncan the prince of dragonflies put aside his claim to the throne in favor of his love jenny of old stones the way that john now is has put aside his crown in favor of danny and bent the knee to her there's another significance of this song as well which i feel like we, we should talk about now it may have particular um import to brienne of tarth because listen to the lyrics of the song the song is about Jenny dancing with their ghosts. They spun her around on the damp old stones, spun away all her sorrow and pain, and she never wanted to leave. It sort of reminded me of that thing we've been talking about with all these suitors. Like the um, the, the, the story about Renly saving her from yeah, the... Yeah, the, the suitors the asking her to yeah. dance and spinning her around on the stones and spinning away all of her sorrow and pain. But in the end, it was all an illusion. And in the end, you know, she never wanted to leave that moment where she finally felt like men were accepting her. And up until this point in Bran's life, she'd felt ugly and she'd felt unwanted and felt like a failure and that she hadn't made her father proud. And now all these boys were whispering sweet nothings in her ear and spinning her around and telling her these sweet things it's like the best moment of her life probably before she realized it was all fake and she never wanted to leave that moment i'm sure like she it was the first time in her life where she, yeah she looked over at her father selwyn and they shared a smile and she felt like he was proud and she was proud and and she never wanted to leave but when the dance ended and she learned the truth it was all an illusion and it was all a lie and she was snapped back into reality. And I feel like that encapsulates this episode. This feeling of happiness that we have right now is a lie. We're trapped in this moment where we're being fed these things that are making us happy. And we never want to leave. Like if we, if we know what's good for us, we should never want to leave this episode because <laughs> as soon as this dance ends, <laughs> as soon as this episode ends, it's snapped back to reality. Next week and is going to be fucked. Next week is going to hurt. So it's going to hurt people. So <laughs> brace yourselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to need to go to therapy because if I felt the way I felt after this episode <laughs> right. today, all day long, next episode, uh, I'm done for. It's, I'm toasted. It's partially the fear of the unknown, though, which makes you know, the feeling so potent after this episode is you don't know what's going to happen. So you're worried about it, but like next, it's just going to be dealing with the, the grief and the pain <sighs> of what actually does happen. You know, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Super sad. So wow. yeah, that's pretty much it. I thought that this song was a really good way to end. It's the perfect moment in this series to play this song. Day. Very all haunting. Day it's haunted me. It's, it's re it relates to so many different storylines that are going throughout the story. Totally. But yeah, that's, that's where kind of like where I was leading with this, that the song is like 
it's about like these these the, the this feeling of joy that we're experiencing right now that's going to end inevitably because it's all a lie and we're destined for pain and and horror <laughs> so thank thanks for listening everybody <laughs> all right stick with us guys we'll be right back after a short break Make sure to check out the new Game of Thrones rap album, The Iron Throne of Microphones, by Purpose from the rap group Tragic Allies. Just go to tragicallies.bandcamp.com to get the album for free today. This track is called First of His Name. A wise man once said, The true history of the world is a history of great conversations in elegant rooms. Who said this? Me, just now. Quote me, I kneel for no king With gold rings and I do drink and no things The oath keeper, disperser of pain First of his name, preordained No purpose will reign, yo And you can quote me, I kneel for no king With gold rings and I do drink and no things The oath keeper, disperser of pain First of his name, preordained No purpose will reign, yo From this day until my last day, I'm trying to fight For this life, I paid the iron price Escaping the lion's bite, dividing strike In different places, my men are faceless Leave no traces, poison at his taste Master of the water dances, patience, provoking greatness. Foes be hating cause they mostly basic. Kill a soldier and see ghostly traces move through the sky. Man who sees nothing really has no use for his eyes. Stick him with the pointy end till he dies. It's a murderous trend. There are things to even learn from the dead. They said a monstrous and even dying inside. But monsters are dangerous and kings are dying like flies. Eye on the prize, be quiet, observe. Some wounds are never truly heal and bleed again. At the slightest of words, it's cast in doubt. The day will come when you think you're safe and happy and the joy will turn. Turn the ash in your mouth Quote me, I kneel for no king With gold rings and I do drink and no things The oath keeper, disperser of pain First of his name, preordained No purpose will reign, yo And you can quote me, I kneel for no king With gold rings and I do drink and no things The oath keeper, disperser of pain First of his name, preordained No purpose will reign, yo I'm tough as grayscale, most family and nail I break the wheel with valerian steel Mass appeal, no mistake in the face Women getting naked for a taste of greatness When I'm making it so I spend my time warring and whoring And when I actually stop They're begging from Dorn and Castle Rock Capture me not The daggers fast crafted with dragon glass But fear cuts deep in their swords From an assassin slash Rather that than how they ass trying to plot Chaos is a ladder so I had to climb to the top For the realm I wear my honor like a suit of armor You must be new to karma if you try pursuing drama So may the gods forgive me and my soldiers serving me Power tastes best when it's sweetened by the courtesy Certainly those who try to murder me are caught and slain What do we say to the gods? To death, not today, walk away. And you can quote me, I kneel for no king. With gold rings and I do drink and no things. The oath keeper, disperser of pain, first of his name. Preordained, no purpose will reign, yo. And you can quote me, I kneel for no king. With gold rings and I do drink and no things. The oath keeper, disperser of pain, first of his name. Preordained, no purpose will reign, yo.
Lady Kelsey of House Carlson. This episode had so many good moments for me. I was laughing my butt off most of the episode at all the irony and funny moments. It scares me for next episode. I really liked Sam giving his sword to Jorah. I felt it came full circle with John having his father's sword, and then now he has another Valyrian steel sword, but not one of birthright, one he earned. I'm nervous about the dynamic between John and Danny. I also feel like y'all do a lot of ripping on Sansa, but I'm much more willing to see her position. I'm sorry. <laughs> than, <laughs> but, but I'm much more willing to see her position than Danny's. Danny is impatient and seems unwilling to put in the work it takes to earn loyalty and prove her worth. Yes, she brought a phenomenal army and dragons, but she hasn't proved herself to Sansa. Also, I think you forget that Sansa is a victim of prolonged and varied abuse. Good point. Very good point. Yeah, this distrust, this distrust would be normal for someone who had been through what she has. She's proven certainly more clever than Tyrion. If Danny wanted to win her over, she would seek her counsel and listen to her knowledge of the realm. The Arya slash Gendry scene was disturbing. <laughs> it's the only scene in the entire <laughs> series that I couldn't watch. <laughs> I know the actress is 22, but it still felt yucky. Yeah. I feel you, Lady Kelsey. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. writing. I like your perspective. And just to just to clarify, Sansa is actually one of my favorite characters on Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So I hope I didn't bash her too much the first episode because I do love her. And I love the point that you make about, you know, being a victim of, of abuse. I, you know, being that it's a TV show, I sometimes fail to remember that as far as like, what would an actual physical person do? So I really appreciate you bringing that up. And she is probably one of my most favorite female characters and, and has done the most growth in this show for sure. So most growth don't, for don't sure. get me wrong when I'm She's hating on, on Sansa. I, I do love her as a character. She's one of my favorites, but it was a little off putting for me personally, her reaction, but I love the point that you bring up um, about being a victim of abuse. I think that's extremely important in her situation. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Sir Matthew of house rep. The calm before the storm, that fireplace scene just might be my favorite, my new favorite scene in the entire series. Damn. Jamie knighting Brienne was so beautiful. Agreed. I loved how she looked to Pod for reassurance. Speaking of Pod, he seems to be an accomplished singer and a com competent swordsman in addition to his other <laughs> gifts. <laughs> oh, his other gifts are strong too. What we do for love. Here we have Bran reading quotes off the Game of Thrones IMDb page again. <laughs> Classic. Tyrion tells Jamie that he always knew what Cersei was, but loved her anyways. Why have, have the, the gods, gods made me love such a hateful woman? Oh, that's a great quote to bring up. It's true. Jamie recognizes it as well. He like that that quote mm -hmm. says he recognizes that she's hateful and but he's stuck loving her anyway. Totally. Why does everyone think the safest place to hide from the dead things is underground among a bunch of dead things? I don't see this having <laughs> oh, a very happy outcome. Yeah, they should have Where seen this coming. John should have been like, oh, wait, I remember hard home. You know, not a good idea to <laughs> hang out near the dead stuff. With Theon volunteering to guard Bran during the battle, I really think this might be an end for him. I agree. I, I totally second that. Just as he saved Bran and Rickon from Osha's Wildling friends in season one, he will rescue Bran one final time, completing his redemption arc. He started when he and Sansa escaped Ramsay, and he regained his confidence by rescuing Yara. Sam giving heart's bane to Jorah was 
really the best choice. Although I would have liked to see Sandor with it. He has his axe. Ooh, yeah, that axe is pretty cool. It's pretty badass. Sam knew and trusted his father, Jor, and Jorah turned down his ancestral blade, Longclaw, in deferment to John. Hardcore. Yeah, pretty crazy. He turned down his house blade that he had uh, forfeited his right to claim and earned another one. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's so poetic in a weird way. Definitely. Lady Stancha of House Hall. Sansa has become an OG. Season one to four, I couldn't stand to watch any scene with her in it. Now it's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Danny, yes. Danny is becoming my least favorite. Ooh. Oh. Also, Tormund stole the show. Everything he did this episode was gold. I cried when Brienne was knighted. So deserving. The heart emoji. Theon and Sansa totally pulled at my heartstrings with a crying emoji. <laughs> that, and that cold shoulder John Aegon gave Danny, the true king of the Seven Kingdoms. Ooh! But Ooh, with all damn. the good, the dead are already at Winterfell. The crypt is full of dead. Yeah, that <sighs> crypt is going to be a problem. How come no one is thinking about that in the show? I'm right, sorry. John should know. Like, they should know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sir Brandon of House Ushery Hill. Anyone notice that Pod has turned into a sex symbol? Jamie with the dark hair. <laughs> yeah, his days of being a golden lion are done. That's funny. Yeah. He's like me. I was blonde as a kid and now I have dark hair. Yeah, same here. I was blonde as a kid too. And, nice. Yeah. I think Justin's going to be that way too. He's super Probably. blonde right now, but I think he's going to go dark. Good to hear from you, Sir Brandon. Lord Axel of House Erickson. I don't think that the White Walkers will win the Battle of Winterfell, so I don't buy this ominous talk of, quote, our last night in life. Unquote. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm proved wrong though, and half the main cast dies in the battle. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Loved everything from Tormund this episode. From his interceptive <laughs> hug, yeah, that interceptive hug was great, to his drinking horn and him spilling all over himself. <laughs> so funny. The end was epic too. So fucking cool to see how many white walkers lined up like that. Didn't expect them to be so many, even if Craster was a very productive man. Damn, 99. we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, well, I, men I mentioned that it was Craster's sons lined up there. That's true. Let's, let's say something real quick about it. Um, I liked how, the, um, how we, it panned upwards on the leg of the dead horse, and we saw it's like tendons. Yes, like, oh my God. Like silhouetted. Um, yeah, and then we just see a huge line of White Walkers. And yeah, and it could be a, a lot of them, maybe, are, maybe Craster's sons. But then again, the Night King has had like thousands of years to prepare this army, so that's true. It could I think be a lot of them could be Craster's sons because otherwise, what's the point of that baby scene with him turning right. that baby into a White Walker? He definitely needs to maintain his sources of humans to create his White Walkers, you know. So one of our fans, and I'm sorry, I, I can't remember who it was, um, or I, I saw it somewhere, said that um, the Night King, while he may be after Bran, could also be after. Gilly's baby. Uh, yeah. He was denied that last child. It's mine by right. Yeah. Um, that's that's crazy. I I thought it was very um like kind of a doomsday approach to go from the, the ground up, and I thought it could perhaps be a foreshadow for what I think is gonna happen that the White Walkers are gonna find that secret entrance and go from underground up through Winterfell. Um, just the way it was. The show does crazy things like that, like little nuances here and there. Like Definitely. That. 
the first image that we see of the army of the dead goes from the ground up and being that we've been talking all episode and all night like about the dead rising the from crypts, the ground up. Yeah, the crypts not being a safe place that the dead come out from the crypts and oh. infiltrate Winterfell. Yeah, that's hardcore. So I think it could be a little little foreshadow there. Definitely. Lady Felicia of House Kurtz. Oh my god. <laughs> I love this part. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and Jorah getting Sam's sword was awesome. And there was just so many talk worthy moments. Also, love your guys' after shows. Nice. Oh, cool. thanks. Yeah, glad I'm you enjoyed so glad. the after show. Sir Joel of House Erickson. Great episode. So many highlights, but Brienne being knighted was the best for me. Mm, I was tearing up. Her smile was perfect. Agreed. Truly was. Sir Juan of House Diego. Seeing Brienne so happy after being knighted was so heartwarming, but it made me nervous for her fate after the battle. Also, I really yep. hope Grey Worm and Masande get their happy ever after in Noth. But I'm not sure it will happen. I agree. I don't I don't think that's happening. Yeah, it's not looking good. Lord Rocio of House Alvarado. Great closure for Brienne. Don't think she'll make it out alive next episode and might even come back as a white. Oh! Also, Ghost is back! Yeah! Yeah, finally. Good to see that little bugger. Lady Janelle of House Nagar. I agree with so much in the other comments. This was an episode that brought laughter and tears at all the right times with all the right characters. Troubling to want a good end, but knowing that it is not how this game is played and won. Yep. I totally feel that way, too. Sir Charles of House Christensen. Arya and the Hound one-on-one -on -one was weak. Could have made that scene longer and added more material. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't that have been nice? I would have, you know, I can always go for more Arya and the Hound. Yeah. Sir Ade of House Ty. My girl Sansa is showing just how badass she has become since season one. I love how she has grown and am giddy when she shows a backbone and uses the hard lessons she's learned since leaving Winterfell. Go, Sansa. I hope you don't die. <laughs> I hope we win. <laughs> I know Danny isn't winning any fans in the North right now, but I think once they see her rain fire down on some whites to save them, they might warm to her after. Although, I don't know if she'll turn against Jon later on. And if briefly or permanent, permanently. Ugh. I felt happy and sad at the fireplace scene, all Jorah scenes, Sansa and Theon, Lady Mormont, Grey Worm and Masande, the Hound and Beric, and you know what? Even Arya and Gendry. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tyrion and Jamie laughing about what their father, Lord Tywin, would think if he were alive to see their sons defending Winterfell. So many moments, as everyone is saying, it is calm before the storm. Or the hug GOT gives you before they disembowel you. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Sir Ken of House Tomlin was a really great episode. Was a little bit shocked by Danny's reaction to John's news. A very little bit. Ha 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 with laughing emojis. Either she's going to get over it or I see a fight brewing in the future. Mm. Lord Luke of House Pilling. Knight ah, of Seven Kingdoms. Luke the Low Duke. Oh, is that Luke the Low Duke? Okay. I believe so, yeah. Sir Luke the Low Duke, Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, more evidence of the link to Sir Duncan the Tall. What a truly emotional scene. 
Is this the first proper smile we see from Sir Brienne? Can't wait <laughs> for next Brienne. week now. It uh, is the first proper smile we have seen from her. She always smirked. She's yeah, never amazing, totally too. smiled. And I loved it. Sir Justin of House Sir Winsky honestly adored this episode. Seems like classic Thrones to me. Characters we've seen and loved throughout the entire yes. series are finally together, planning and making the most of their final hours. I thought the dialogue in this episode was actually really good, and I think the lead-up to the White Walker's arrival at Winterfell was perfect. Brienne's knighting was fantastic. Bran's explanation and aid in planning for the attack was intriguing and refreshing. Sansa's approach to leading the North and sassing Danny is making her one of my most liked characters. Theon and Sansa's reunion was heartwarming. Pod's singing, paired with the montage, was ominous. Arya's scenes were simultaneously badass and humanizing, and a reminder that the next episode will likely lead to several premature deaths. I could go on. sad face. (laughs) I could go on, but overall, I thoroughly enjoyed each scene, and I'm worried for the battle. I have a feeling many characters were stripped of their plot armor this week, and I'm not ready to see some of them go. Mm. Agreed, Sir Justin. Agreed. You are not alone. Lady Sarah of House Larkham loved this episode. Sam giving his family sword to Jorah. Lyanna and Jorah. Sansa asking Daenerys, what are your intentions if we actually manage to defeat the Night King and Cersei? It was actually a really smart question because Daenerys doesn't really know. Mm. Brienne defending Jamie was awesome and Jamie pays her back by declaring her an actual knight of the Seven Kingdoms. That really meant a lot to Brienne because she always has been an outsider and now she feels like she belongs in a world that doesn't accept female knights at all. Yep, you totally nailed it too, Duncan. Same same sentiment there. Mm, for sure. Jorah defending Tyrion was really sweet and he totally meant it because Jorah really thinks that Tyrion is a smart person. I think Brienne is starting to like Tormund because they are sort of similar <laughs> and have a lot in common. Sansa reuniting with Theon was really sweet because they were brother and sister when the series first started and they were both tortured by Ramsay. And that experience really has made their bond super, really strong. Mm, good call. Sansa never thought she would never see Theon again in season six, episode two, when they were both traumatized after the emotional and physical torture from Ramsay. But they have become stronger people because of that experience. Thanks, Lady Sarah. Lord Tom of the Misty Moor. I loved this episode. Good to hear from you, by the way. Yes. I loved this episode. More reunions. Jamie was accepted quite well, all things considered. Brienne was amazing defending him. Great to see so many favorites in one place. The, the battle planning scene was awesome, but I felt sick to my stomach with the knowledge that they're so close to Winterfell. Sir Brienne mm. of Tarth. Awesome. She deserves it. And it was great to see her smile. A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Obviously a nod to du- the Duncan Egg novellas and pretty much confirmation she's descended from Sir Duncan the Tall. There you go, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> the scenes in front of the fire were lovely. Nice to see Tyrion pouring wine and chatting. His face when he filled Pod's cup. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <laughs> what is Arya's weapon? It looks like a bow staff with dragonglass spear tips. Similar to the staffs like she, she trained with in the House of Black and White. Her original design looks like a blow dart, though, so maybe it has a projectile element? Arya and Gendry. Unusual to see Arya being sexual in any way. They make a nice couple, though, and would unite the houses of Stark and Baratheon. I have a son. You have have a a daughter. daughter. We'll join our houses. Yep. 
Danny's reaction to John. She's so threatened by the news. She would definitely not give up her crown the way John would. No one has mentioned the fact that they're related yet. <laughs> I think it's kind of an unspoken fact. Yeah, they're like, oh, we just don't want to address oh, it. Oh, we don't want to talk about it. Are they okay with the incest? Using Bran as bait. We'd better hope John and Danny are going to defend him with the dragons. I think they're both going to be flying around, man. That's going to be fucking crazy. Predictions for who will die next episode. Tormund, Beric, Sandor, Jorah, maybe Jamie, Brienne, Theon, Grey Worm, Drogon, and Rhaegal? Damn! Ah! I would shit if that happened. <laughs> I actually forgot to mention that because after their scene, Danny and John, when the, the horns blow, they go stand on either side of Tyrion, and John kind of nods at Danny, and Danny walks off, and John follows right behind her. Yeah. I think they're going to, they're mount, going the to mount the dragons. Yeah, I, I thought that same thing. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Um, so nice to get these warm, f- funny moments this week before the heartache and terror of episode three. Miguel Sapochnik will do an incredible job. Ooh, Sapochnik's directing it. I just got chills. It, it literally nice. just like shivered up my body. <laughs> I think how tense I was watching Hard Home and the Battle of the Bastards. This is going to be so tough. I can't imagine John or Danny are going to die. But then this is Game of Thrones and it's been so safe for a while. Will the Great War be all over after the next episode? The Night King's motives. Is he an ancient Targaryen? He could ride dragons, although maybe Viserion is a drone like all the others now. They said he just wants an eternal night, but why? I don't think he's an ancient Targaryen because the Targaryens weren't... uh, The Night King was created like 8,000 years ago. Old Valyria didn't exist until about 4,000 years ago. And uh, the Targaryens were like a a newer... um, you know, much newer, newer house, house than Valeria. the Starks, for instance. Yeah, they were a Valyrian house. Um, the Iron Throne needs to be destroyed, and something new needs to exist in its place. If John is king, maybe he could make Winterfell the new seat of power. Can't imagine he'd want to rule in King's Landing. Would it be renamed Queen's Landing if Dan- <laughs> if Danny takes the throne? We know she's all pa- all about powerful women and renaming things, titles, titles, etc. Yeah, good point. Nice. Lots of good points lo- there. I liked her point about ruling from Winterfell because in the opening credits for all this time, it's gone south to north and now it goes north to south. Oh, yeah, true. Very interesting. Could be. be. Lady Mary Patricia of House de Arrigo. I think I'm going to need a lot of tissues next week to try my tears. Girl, me and you both. (laughs) Definitely. Oh, and why isn't anyone talking about the undead dragon on its way to Winterfell? Yeah. Ah, love oh, this episode. My God. I know, right? Maybe we it's not on its that. way to Winterfell, though. Maybe it's heading down to King's Landing. Because <sighs> we didn't see the Night King or anything. The army arrived first. We the did not. Viserion would be capable of arriving way quicker. So maybe he's headed somewhere else. Be a little surprise. Yeah. Sir Levi of House Smith. Good episode. A lot of buildup. Danny turning mad like her dad. Ooh, also can't see a lot of making it a lot of them making it through next week's battle. Ugh, face. Uh, <laughs> uh. Yep. Lady Thon of House Buono, great episode. Everyone was giving each other the eye, but Arya was the only one to act <laughs> on it. You go, girl. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah. Lord Richard of House Horsfield. A good Scotsman. Is he Scottish? Yeah, he lives in Scotland. Cool. I'm Scottish, too. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. 
So many brilliant moments in this episode. Tormund's strange drinking habits. Sir Brienne. Jamie having a heart and showing people he does. Friend zone Mormont being decent. <laughs> Danny and her new nephew. I smell a fight. Her new nephew. That's hilarious. Classic hound. Was he on your list? The Lord of Light's going to wonder why he brought you back 19 times just to watch you die when I chuck you over that fucking wall. I liked how he said chuck, too. That's a funny word. Chuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lord Richard. Always good to hear from you, brother. Lady Steph of House Cooper. I was bemused at how Danny's first reaction was not, I boned my nephew, but rather that John was a threat to her claim for the throne. It showed just how much that she is 100% of her endgame. That it is 100% of her endgame. Interesting that no one points out that Jamie killed the king to protect the people. As I mentioned previously, so many amusing moments in this episode speaks of dark times ahead. Yep, definitely. Lady Laurie of House Perkins, this episode was everything. <laughs> I damn near gave a standing ovation in my living room. This is Game of Thrones, y'all. The dialogue, the transitions, the shocking moments, the humor, and the tears are the very reason this show is the best thing we've ever seen on the small screen. Uh, highlights for me, Brienne standing up for Jamie in front of the queen, Jamie and Bran's discussion of the weirwood tree, Jamie and Tyrion back together again, and of course, Jamie returning his love for Brienne by knighting her. That scene brought tears to my eyes. That was so beautiful. I do fear that with so much focus on Jamie this episode, we might end up losing him. Oh, oh man. I'm so scared. Sansa and Danny talking things out was great. And Sansa basically saying, the North is mine, bitch. It was exciting for me. <laughs> After everything she's been through, I do not expect Sansa to roll over and take shit from anyone ever again. That's something we can definitely agree on right there. I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Sansa and Theon made me cry. I don't even like Theon. I love their bond, though. <laughs> Those two have been through so much together. Liana Mormont and Jorah. Their reunion was brief, but I felt like it was well done and very important important sadly i think this will be the end of house mormont god i hope i'm wrong <gasps> davos that's and the an intense thought yeah davos and the little girl that reminded him of shireen tugged on the heartstrings for sure what a brave little girl and look at gilly being a leader nice ghost finally we see him but I, but I need more give me more ghost <laughs> not with little legs either please <laughs> john's reveal to danny was interesting did anyone feel like she was going to surrender her throne or was she getting angry about it angry for sure <laughs> i think she was angry for sure oh yeah i'll have to watch it again to be sure danny used to be one of my favorite characters but lately she's on my nerves more and more i don't think she'll be on the throne at all any queen who has to call herself a queen is no queen at all. Damn. There you go. Yeah. Bran's plan to use himself as bait? Hmm. I wonder if Arya will use her spear to kill the Night King defending Bran. Jenny's song. This was such a special moment uh. for the book readers. Once again, great job to Ramin Javadi for turning this into something so beautiful. Tormund's hug when Jon was meeting Dolores Ed. <laughs> such a great moment. My favorite part was Arya and Gendry. I've wanted them together for so many years. I did not see the sex scene going. Yeah, exactly. We called this a long time ago. Yeah. I did not see the sex scene coming, but it was awesome to me. She loved him all those years ago. Remember that scene when she cried and begged him to be her family? There you go, Rachel. Yeah. Gendry has been looking out for her from day one. Once again, Robert Baratheon called it. I have a son. You have a daughter. 
will join our houses. What if they're Boom. the ones left standing at the end of this? Oh, that'd be crazy. It could be the Baratheon music played when they entered Winterfell. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that that is going to mean a lot it's, it towards could. the end of the series. It definitely could. I'm so excited and nervous about the next episode. It's going to be epic. That is epic. for sure, Lady Lori. Sir William of House Steiner. Hashtag Branable Lecter. Yeah. Did <laughs> nice. I come up with that? I feel like I might have. I think you might have. Lady Alyssa of House Paladino. So amazing. I feel like we got the quality time we needed to spend with the characters before the big battle. Some of the scenes were almost too heartwarming, though, and made me nervous. Happy moments never last long in Westeros, but knowing that, I still enjoyed watching those who gathered by the fire and Brienne being knighted. Arya's scene was a little odd to watch just because we've seen her grow up, but she is a grown-up now. I think that seeing I think seeing that side of her was actually really refreshing since she hasn't been able to show a vulnerable or intimate side of her very often. We tend to view her as this badass warrior assassin, which she is, but we have to remember that she's also human too. Another notable moment was Sansa and Theon. I don't think it's romantic. They grew up practically as siblings and both have the unfortunate connection of being tortured by Ramsay. So many great moments. Almost forgot that John told Daenerys. Oh, next Ooh, week wow. can't come soon yeah. enough. <laughs> next week can't come soon enough. Lady Kira of House Bergberg. <laughs> it's interesting how John is more disturbed by the idea of being in love with his aunt for good reason and probably just the shock of Ned's promise and his life as a result. And Danny is more disturbed by his new ability to lay the claim to the throne, which I don't see him doing unless he gets, unless she gets killed. Yes, I kind of agree with that. We should mention that, you know, John is a descendant of the, the Ares Rael line. And he was promised in a way, you know, Ned promised Liana that he'd protect him. So it makes yes. sense that he could be the prince that was promised. Or Danny, because it could be a princess. Yep. John hasn't always wanted to rule, and I don't see him starting now. I adore anything that Tormund does or says. <laughs> it's, it is all comedy gold. That giant story was insane and hilarious. Also, it was interesting to see Jamie and Brienne together again. I'm sure one or both of them will get killed off. She definitely has some feelings for him, and it will be <sighs> satisfying. And it was satisfying to see him knight her. Agreed. Yes. Totally agreed. Lady Zoe of House Howard. I fucking loved it. So did I, Lady Zoe. Great episode. Lord Bryson of House Wolf. Another epic episode. I'm so pumped for the coming Great War, regardless of who ends up, who ends up dead. <laughs> I'm not sure why Daenerys was so mad at Jaime for killing her father. She acknowledged he was a bad king. And he saved thousands of innocent lives. I guess she never heard that part of the story. Possibly. Perhaps. I was happy to see Daenerys and Sansa getting along for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Sansa's still not happy with being on the right side. She's worried about after the war. What makes her think there will be an afterward? Just get on board and worry about that after the Great War if you're still around. Tormund's pissing match against himself for Brienne's affection was so good. I think he thought Jamie was after her too because Jamie and Brienne have a brother sister type relationship. And we all know what kind of woman Jamie wants sisterly. <laughs> <laughs> he does like blonde, though. Honor. And Brienne is blonde. That is true. 
What an honor for Brienne to be knighted and by none other than her idol, Jamie himself. I'm glad Sam is starting to get some confidence and is willing to fight. I can't help but think his, his confidence will lead to his own demise. Ugh. I'm not going to lie. I was a little uncomfortable with the Arya Gendry sex scene. Yeah, she's in her 20s, but still we've watched her grow from being a child. It just makes it awkward. Totally. What a great ending scene. We get to see all of Craster's sons <laughs> lined up ready to fight for the Night King. So epic. Next week is shaping up to be one of the best episodes ever, and I hope it is. Great work with the podcast, y'all. Thank Thanks, you Lord so Bryson. much. Always great to hear from you, and thank you for your support. We appreciate yes, it. Thank you so much. Sir Patrick of Hindsight, gazer of the Mirish Rearview, Jamie basically <laughs> doomed Brienne by completing her arc. <laughs> that's hilarious. All that's left for her to do is lay down her life in defense of the defenseless. Probably Jamie. <laughs> Brienne doesn't find Tormund repulsive anymore. Seems like she's kind of into it, maybe. I think Jamie is even shipping them. <laughs> Night King is going to look like a jackass when he tries to kick Theon in the balls. <laughs> Ty Tyrion's first line of season of the season foreshadows it. No balls to freeze off. Couldn't be more obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Undned Umber, <laughs> Undead Ned Umber, is Undned Umber is still more disturbing than Arya Underboob. <laughs> Classic. Like Arya, underboob, like I underfoot. Love that. <laughs> Her old nickname, Arya Underfoot. People have been saying the crypts aren't safe for some time now. Davos sending Shireen. 2.0 down there confirms it for me. <laughs> Tormund's giant story is my first little taste of what it's like in the sh to see it in the show after having read it in the books first. Oh, so he must be re have read that part of the books. I kind of see why book first people tend to complain so much now. Going from show to book is much a much better experience. I agree. When I talk to people and they ask, should I read the books or watch the show first? Show I always first, tell them to watch always. the show first. Yeah. Because that way you have like the picture of the characters in your mind and the book just adds detail as opposed to starting off with something big and getting smaller. I'm glad I kind of stopped reading. I stopped reading like halfway through the second book and I'm kind of glad I did because once this show is over, I feel like I can read the books with the images of the characters in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Like intake the book for what it is and separate the two from each other. Totally. Ironically, the minu this minutia may be the only complaint I have ever had about the show, whereas the episode is being well-received by the usual whingers on Reddit and Facebook. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> this really was a fantastic episode. I'm glad I got to hold my wife while watching this one. Yeah, that is, that is good. We're almost part of, we're almost past all of the scenes from the trailer now. I want you guys to know I've been sitting on the knowledge of Jorah getting Heartsbane for weeks now, including dur during our discussion of the It's Still Longclaw scene during Beyond the Wall. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sir Patrick, for not telling me. <laughs> I hope Danny goes full villain without becoming a White Walker. Tyrion telling Jamie she would make a good queen may be his final and greatest mistake. Seriously, imagining... Imagine any of Danny's lines from this season in a Viserys or Joffrey voice. <laughs> I'll have to pay more attention. It's true. It's true. It's, it's crazy. She's starting to get more ruthless, I feel. Like, I felt it when she kind of snapped at Tyrion in front of everybody and then uh, also in the hallway. So I, I see what you're saying, Sir Patrick, for sure. 
Thanks for writing, Sir Patrick. Always good to hear from your brother. Sir Pete of House Clark. One more reunion to go Sansa and Sandor. Oh. What's he talking about? Um, Because Sansa and Sandor haven't been reunited yet as far as we've seen. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? Oh, my God. Can't wait to see that. That's going to be very interesting. Very interesting. If I had my druthers, he'd say something to her like, you'll be happy about these things I do when I stand between you and the king. As the crypt doors close her inside and Sandor plants himself in the doorway on the outside. Damn. Wow. Lady Alicia of House Stout. Holy hookup. Arya. <laughs> Damn, girl. <laughs> Damn, girl, get you some before the end of the world. <laughs> Getting stuck with the pointy end. <laughs> Although I did cringe a little during this scene. It was almost like seeing my daughter lose her virginity. Ew. <laughs> the music, again, is so amazing. When Davos spoke with that little girl with the burned face, they played Shireen's song, It's Always Summer Under the Sea, just like you said, Rachel, yeah. good catch. And I completely lost it. <laughs> Crying <laughs> face. Loved Tyrion telling Jamie how he prefers to die, which is what he told Shaga back in season one. Oh, I, I could, Shaga, remember that guy? Son of Son Dolph. Son of Dolph, yeah. <laughs> Tormund effing giant's bane. Oh my God, I just love him. Kind of wishing Brienne would just give in with one of these faces. <laughs> I thought it was very cool seeing dire wolves in the crypt. Yeah, I was surprised him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised to see that Liana had a direwolf next to her. That was pretty awesome. I think they all have direwolves oh, next yeah? to them. Nice. Yeah, because Ned Stark I, I do remember having seen them before, yeah. Um, but we, I remember seeing that direwolf now back in season one in the, fir- in the pilot episode now that I'm thinking about it. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> thinking Sansa and Theon would be an amazing pair. Anyone else catch the way she looked at him? Yeah, I yeah. caught it. It was pretty, uh, pretty intense for sure. I don't think I've laughed so hard during an episode, which is completely ironic knowing what's to come. Yeah, I never <laughs> want to leave, Alicia. I'm truly terrified for next week. Some major shit is about to go down, and I'm not okay. Also, <laughs> did you catch in the opening credits that the blue tiles flipped over to Winterfell? Yes, they're moving yeah. further and further south, just like we predicted. Oh my God. <laughs> so intense. Thanks for writing, Lady Alicia. Always good to hear from you. Lady Chrissy, great episode. The tension was building throughout every scene and Ghost has finally been found. Yay. <laughs> so happy to see Brienne vouch for Jamie, but why didn't Bran also speak up? At least to explain why Jamie killed the Mad King. I was happy to see Jamie and Robo Bran finally chat and resolve that season's old conflict. Seems like Tyrion is fighting a losing battle with Danny. Will we see a toasted half man? Oh, man. (laughs) Toasted Tyrion? Oh, that'd be horrible. Hope not, but he's narrowly escaped us so many times throughout the series. Will he be able to do that forever? I hope so. Forever. Never dies. (laughs) Finds a Lazarus pit under Casterly Rock and lives, lives forever. They've been building this tension since the middle of season seven, and it seemed to be fixed rather quickly. Not confident Danny has fully forgiven Tyrion. She's always been good at using the truth to tell lies. Damn. So good to see Tyrion and Jamie have a heart to heart. But I can't help but think it's sealing the fate for one of them. I think so, too. One of them's a Sadly. goner. Oh. Yeah. 
I thought that Sansa and Danny might have turned a new leaf, but I guess they just turned back to square one. I wish, at least for now, Sansa would swallow her pride and the pride of the North. It's literally a matter of life and death. Literally. Have this fight when the real war is done. Loved everything with torment in this episode. His reunion with John, but more importantly with Brienne. So good to hear his stories, which I'm sure are totally, <laughs> totally accurate. accurate. <laughs> Am I the only one who thinks this is a terrible battle plan? No way the Night King falls into a trap. He's the one who sets traps. Oh man, that's what Theon said about Ramsay, right? Or, uh, or Sansa said it about Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. Ramsay. Oh. I think we're going to lose Bran, Theon, and more if they stick with this. I think they're going to lose everyone that's in the crypt too. Fuck. <laughs> as uh, if we needed any more signs the world was ending oh <laughs> my gosh ed's one of the most under underrated characters brilliant <laughs> aria and kendry oh boy where to start <laughs> i know aria's changed but she's got some weird ass version of foreplay asking about the whites <laughs> uh, that's and it's working on gendry wasn't expecting to see our little miss Maisie like that but hey probably their last night alive I don't blame her. However, I feel like we'll lose one of them in the battle next episode. Going with the title, the highlight for me was Sir Brienne Ni Brienne's Nighting. Yeah. And by Jamie, I uh, couldn't have made that more special for my girl. LLL inspires <laughs> me every moment she's on screen. We love little Lady Leanna Mormont. Yeah. I think damn. it may even be quadruple L at this point. Legendary little lady, Leona <laughs> Mormont. There you go. <laughs> damn, Pod has some pipes. You know <laughs> yeah. nothing, Jon Snow. Don't give Danny any reason to feel threatened right before the battle. All I know is going to be a long week. Yeah. Yeah, it is going to be Very a long, long week, week for sure. Thanks for writing, Lady Chrissy. Yes, nice thank you. you. Lady D, so I wanted your thoughts on this theory. At the end of the episode, they show the White Walkers on, the, on a hill, but you cannot really tell where they are. So it could be possible that they're not going to Winterfell and they're going to King's Landing. If the Night King is in fact a Targaryen, then it would make sense. They will want to build a bigger army to take out the Queen and then go for Winterfell. Oh. You, you guys are so amazing. I love your show and thank you oh. for all of your shows. Thank you, Lady D. Thank you. That's so nice. I'm pretty sure they're at Winterfell, but who knows? I think that the Night King may be going to King's Landing. So I think you're onto something about at least part of the army potentially going going even further south. Roast in Cersei and then fly back up north. <laughs> or maybe giving her the ice touch. Lady Anika from actual Westeros. Is it Vastaras? Vastaras. But we would love to know the actual pronouncing yeah, of that. Yeah, where is that? That's cool, man. We would love to know where that is. We'll is Google Cersei that. really pregnant? Who knows? But I don't think the health authorities in Westeros tell you wine is forbidden for pregos. Yeah, probably yeah, not. I was thinking that too. Maybe we need some other proofs of pregnancy. And what if the real battle of the Iron Throne will be between Jon and Danny? They kill off the Night King and end winter in episode three and can spend the next three episodes fighting over the Iron Throne. Whoa, Damn. that'd be kind of crazy. Oh, totally. Maybe John won't want to marry his aunt and decides to ditch the North even more and try to become king over the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> John or Danny can fight together with Cersei in her golden company. Ooh. 
Damn. Wow. That would be nuts. I don't see either of them siding with Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. who knows? Anything could happen. Lord Ty of House Gorman. Jam-packed episode with a ton of scenes. What did Johnny Stitches counted them? I think he said there was 26. Yeah. I noticed no scenes in King's Landing. I feel as if the show writers may have done that intentionally to emphasize that the threat to the South is really not important right now. Danny's grammar impressed me when she said, who manipulated whom? Stannis would be proud. <laughs> well, you know, I, we've said before, grammar reigns at, at Dragonstone, right? So anybody who spends time at Dragonstone comes out knowing their grammar. <laughs> they have good English teachers there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, perhaps she was referring to Batman when she mentioned the someone taller she loved and trusted. Yeah, maybe oh. Barristan. I was thinking that could be possible, too. Great seeing how everyone deals with, with the potential last night of their lives. I think we lose some favorites next week. With a, I with think a so face too. With a single tear. And that's frowning, frowning face too. Yeah, uh, I'm worried. Definitely worried. I, yeah, we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose a few, and then everyone in the crypt. <laughs> Whoever's in the crypt is is Toast. done. Toasted crypt dwellers. Yep, they're going to be flash frozen into astronaut ice cream. There you go. Lord Paul of House Walmsley. Hey, something to think about regarding the last episode. When Brienne was knighted, did you not get Sir Duncan the Tall vibes? Oh, yeah. Especially when Jamie says he can knight her because he is a knight. I'm sure that happens in the Duncan egg books. Mm. There is a question to whether Dunk has ever been knighted or ever was actually a knight. So you'll have to read to find out. In the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lady K from House Shaw. Okay, here are my thoughts. Shout out to Lady Rachel for calling on Varys in the background. His character <laughs> yeah. in the background of the first scene with Jamie is amazingly subtle but yes. influential. Ooh, I missed that. I gotta go back yeah, and watch. He's very subtle. He's always in the background of a lot of the scenes with, mm -hmm. with Danny and this conversations between uh, two individuals. Yeah, I need to go back because I really want to see what his reaction is to Jamie. Um, very interesting. Danny is becoming more and more power hungry and following the footsteps of the people who built the wheels she is trying to break. Instead of fighting for the people, she is burning her people and becoming more greedy. As a queen, you need to be ruthless in the game, but she was supposed to be different. She's always been my girl, but I'm not on Team Danny right now. Ooh, sorry to hear that. I love the scene between Danny and Sansa. It needed to happen, but it seemed that Danny was just telling Sansa what she wanted to hear. She realizes that having Sansa as an ally is more and more important. Having Sansa call her out about the North definitely took her off her game. <laughs> Danny, yeah, she's like all fl flummoxed by that, yeah. Danny is more and more conflicting. We all know her greatest goal is to have the Iron Throne, but her reaction to Jon telling her that he is the rightful heir didn't seem like it was. It was the loving response that someone would give. But then again, it's Game of Thrones and everyone is power hungry at some point. One thought I had on her should-be reaction was realizing that they were the last two dragons and that they were are a power couple who would rule. Instead, she seemed to be disgusted in her need for power. Jon avoided Danny from the start, which is totally a natural reaction to the news he now knows. He also seemed to not really be an important role in the episode. The directors made it seem like he was almost avoiding being seen that way, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. It seemed to be about everyone else and their, their dying wishes rather than his. 
it, uh, it gave a lot more screen time to other characters that it normally wouldn't give it to. I love Tormund. Everything <laughs> he does just makes me smile. I'm glad that Brienne is not having it with him, although she did seem to warm up to him a little at the firelit soiree. Speaking of Brienne, giving her knighthood was truly the greatest honor this show could do for anyone. Yes, it really was. It was awesome. She truly is the best person in the show. But knowing the show, Brienne is going to die next episode in a tragic but honorable way. Maybe protecting someone close to her? Is Gilly Prego? I was thinking maybe Jamie, since he's missing his his hand. Possibly. You know, uh, he offers to join her, but then he's going to be a reason that she has to, like, do something that gets her killed to try to protect him. uh, Because she feels like she owes him for knighting her and stuff like that. Yeah. Is Gilly Prego? She definitely <laughs> looked like she had a little Samuel baby bump going on, which we would which we all would love. How cute would that baby be? <laughs> I think for sure the actress herself is definitely pregnant in, in real, real life. life Whether yeah. they are having her be pregnant on the show is yet to be seen, but I think they were trying to hide it. Um <laughs> I, but it's hard to hide that that yeah, big definitely. old bump when you're eight nine months pregnant. There's yeah. there's no hiding that <laughs> for sure. My theory on on how Grey Worm and Masande are going to die in each other's arms with Grey Worm saying, "Just picture us on the beach. I'll protect you." Oh my god! <laughs> I definitely oh. did not like the sex scene with Arya and Gendry. It's not her character. Like this whole time of being a total badass, not following the society's view of women to get married and have babies, wear frilly dresses, etc. Lily literally killing a shit ton of men, <laughs> and now wanting to have sex as her last thing doesn't fit her character whatsoever. She's always had a crush on Gendry, though, and the flirting was really cute last episode, but I was totally weirded out with seeing her partially naked body over Gendry. (laughs) (laughs) Also, hashtag Gendria sounds like a disease. (laughs) Sam giving Jorah the the, uh, heartsbane was the right call. Sam is a fighter with his words, heart and knowledge. And yes, he's killed a White Walker, but he wouldn't be helpful in the field. (laughs) He needs to be with Gilly. (laughs) Let's talk about Sansa. She started this show with me literally wanting to strangle her because she was so dumb and the typical teenage girl. Now she's more than the Lady of Winterfell, but someone that everyone looks to as a powerhouse. Yeah, pretty, pretty amazing transformation. She's the most dynamic character of this show. Can we please have Theon and Sansa be together? Thonsa. Thonsa. Oh, (laughs) can we please have Theon and Sansa be together? I'm totally voting for (laughs) Thonsa. Hashtag Thonsa. And the respect they have for each other is unreal. I keep thinking about Zora High. What if the prince slash princess is not in our storyline, but a baby to be? That's what you are thinking, Rachel. I, it could possibly be. We only have three episodes left, though, so. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to play out. Maybe the last episode is like six years later. (laughs) That would be so weird. Yeah, it would. Maybe John and Danny's baby? The theory that Jamie might be it is really interesting. But Beric keeps coming back from the dead a shit ton of times for some reason, too. The Hound had a brief moment in the episode, but his self-pity that he's taken on after Arya left him to die is becoming more strange. When he looked into the fire with Beric in Season 7... He was so quick to see the White Walkers at Eastwatch through the Lord of Light. For someone who is defiant to any religion, literally says fuck the gods, he was quick to see the Lord of Light. 
Now he's just sitting on the wall of Winterfell feeling super down. His character doesn't seem so strong anymore, and it worries me that he's lost his inner being that made him such an asshole who we always loved in the first place. <laughs> Maybe his brother needs to show up so he can remind himself that. Clegane Ball, yeah. 2019. Um, I think he's just relaxing a bit before the battle, just trying to conserve his energy. That's my yeah. take. <laughs> there are so many things that happened in this episode that set up for the battle. I can't wait to see what happens, as this is what we have been waiting for since the beginning of the conflict with the White Walkers. It also yeah. allows us to have a better idea on how the series will end. It's true. Yeah. We didn't really mention that this is like what it's all leading up to. <laughs> it's true. Sir Mihai of Math and Science, guardian of tensors and father of lambdas. Ooh. Math man. Hello, Sir Duncan and Lady Rachel. Just wanted, just watched the second episode and wanted to give you some quick reactions. First, that Jenny of Old Stone, Old Stone song. It's a book tie-in, but it's more haunting than just the verse we got in the book. Oh. The lyrics sent shivers down me spine and <laughs> 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 had to rewatch the scenes while it was playing. <laughs> I did too. That I, I'm still haunted by that song even today. Yeah, so. it's so good. Each scene matches with the verses. Really good fit. Not to mention the song being a favorite of the ghost of High Heart, which might be the same witch from the legend of Jenny and Duncan Targaryen. There you go. The same witch which made the prophecy of the prince that was promised. And now I touched on two people who died at Summer Hall. There is another one who died in the tragedy, Sir Duncan the Tall, ancestor of Brienne. I chuckled when Jamie proclaimed Brienne a knight of the seven kings kingdoms, like the title of Duncan Egg novellas. Oh man, did Jenny and Duncan Targaryen both died at this tragedy of Summer Hall? I didn't realize that. I yeah, I did not know Goosebumps. that either. That's crazy. Great connections. Yeah. So many tie-ins in this movie from scene to scene. Immediately after the song, we get Danny and John. One of them is the promised prince, but we are still left to guess who. Theon makes his last move in his redemption by trying to defend Brand after he took the castle from him. Jamie is forgiven, though a bit grudging grudgingly <laughs> I, <can't laughs> <say that word. laughs> I felt like it was a good decision to have all the reunions except these two in the last episode and have these two now if they were to happen last week we wouldn't feel the gut punches that much for a moment i was is that little girl shireen cannot be gustavos felt the same going to rewatch the entire episode again and probably will be back again <laughs> keep up the good work your podcast has been my companion on many long roads. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Glad Thank to, you so much for writing glad to in. Keep you company, brother. Yes, sir. Mihai of Math and Science, guardian of, guardian of the Tensors and father of the Lambdas. Mm. Thanks for writing in. Great yeah. feedback. I'd like to know the context of these Lambdas. <laughs> sir Amberly, knight kissed by fire. And I think this is another female knight. Awesome. They're popping up all over the place. Yeah. So good. Trendsetter, Brienne. Setting the, you know, breaking the glass ceiling for the for the female knights to come pouring through like the breach at Pike. Yes. A redheaded Sir Amberly seems yeah. to be. Love it. 
<laughs> Jamie, golden hand down, won the pissing contest over Brienne by knighting her. <laughs> yes, agree. Golden hand down. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Targaryen's incest is historical. That's how they kept their blood pure, so everyone can stop freaking out about Danny and John being related. <laughs> Using that family as an example is how Cersei justified her and Jamie's relationship. Plus, they may actually be secret Targaryens. What if they are? I think all of them are. I think Tyrion is one too. Why not? <laughs> That's the funniest part about Tywin's legacy is that he never actually had one at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the oh, little conundrum the that it is. <laughs> and there's just Targaryens everywhere. It's good to be the king. Sansa has a lot of people showing loyalty for her, and she's really showing Danny how leading is done. Sansa was so happy to see Theon again because she can see he is more healed than when she last saw him. Mm. He saved her from Ramsay, but she kind of saved him from Ramsay too. Definitely. Your talk of the Woods Witch prophecy on the live show brought to mind this wild theory. Does Cersei die from childbirth complications and that's how her little brother kills her? Like by getting her pregnant and killing her with it by planting yeah. a child in her? That, oh my God, that's crazy. That is a, That would be wild. That would be wild after everything she dies in childbirth that would mm. be fucking nuts that would that be, would be so great nuts. i love that yeah that's a great idea really creative last time Tyrion saw bron at the dragon's pit he reminded bron that he would double anyone's offer so i don't think he will actually kill his friends additionally Tyrion has hasn't been with any women since he has married sansa mm. wow it's been that long huh brutal <laughs> That we know of yeah i think i think that's accurate yeah that's that's wild good catch are we going to see sansa in the crypts keeping morale up like cersei taught her in king's landing during the battle of blackwater that would be so cool that would be such a great callback yeah to that, to that i would scene. love to see that but she better get the hell out of the crypts as fast as possible yeah yeah definitely oh man it's like yeah i want to see that but at the same time that's going to be a dangerous place to be mm-hmm. <laughs> why would they put the people in the crypts with the dead people oh come on guys <laughs> Terrible Come plan. On. Come on. I loved when you guys said resting brand face. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that, Duncan. I think we read it in a comment. I am not oh, taking credit okay. for that. Yeah. The TV show used Mira leaving Winterfell last season to show Bran didn't really have human emotions anymore. <laughs> Keep up the entertaining takes. Thank nice. you, Sir Amberly. Thank Night you. Night kissed by fire. Great to hear from you. <laughs> yes. Resting Bran face. I know you liked that, Rachel. I remember you, I loved you laughing it. at that. That was great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing in, everybody. It's great to have all this feedback for the main season. And Yeah, um, we're getting a ton of feedback. Keep it coming. We love hearing all of your guys' theories and thoughts of, of each episode as they come out. Yeah, and we're happy to uh, provide a platform to give the listeners voices as well to uh, make yeah. their thoughts known on the series. So thank you for writing. I've traveled to a bunch of random places and random countries. But as a Midwestern guy, I recently have been falling in love with what the more rugged parts of America have to offer to all of us before they're gone. Team Age Productions and Powers Media House presents Beautiful America, a musical documentary series with all original content. Explore the Southwest of America and indulge in some places you've heard of and plenty more that you certainly have not. Cooking under the stars and below freezing temps of Death Valley. 4K drone footage of one of the most insane monoliths on Earth. Driving in abandoned mines, cliffs, canyons, and wild times. Check it out. Team Age Productions on Facebook and YouTube. 
That's T-E-A-M-A-G-E Productions. Beautiful America. All right, that's our show, episode 112. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening into our ramblings each week. We love you. (laughs) And a huge thank you to John Bailey, the epic voice guy from the Emmy-nominated Honest Trailers for announcing our show. If you'd like to donate to subscribe or support us, you can go to paypal.me slash gompodcast or patreon.com slash gompodcast to donate an amount of your choosing. There are links to both at gameofmicrophones.com. Doing some online shopping? Go to gameofmicrophones.com and click on our link to Amazon. As an Amazon associate, we earn from qualifying purchases. Any contribution you make helps, and you can help secure the continued existence of Game of Microphones. We'd like to thank our patrons, Sir Matthew of House Rep, Lady Lucy of House Roberts, Lady Candace of House Twos, Lady Terry of House Theodore, Lord Jeff of House Allen, I always do that when I, now you guys can see it. Normally when I, I go, Lord Jeff of House Allen, <laughs> like fist pump kind of. Um, Cyrenicide, Lord John of House Grills, Luke the Low Duke, Lady Corey of House Eugene. And we'd also like to give a big thank you to Lord Bryson of House Wolf for your support. Thank you guys so much yeah, for your patronage. Yeah, thank you guys so much. You. Oh, and Tarot Spirit. Thank you to Tarot Spirit as well. And make sure to check out Sirenicide, the serialized horror drama podcast featuring me and Archmaster Stitches. Go to Sirenicide.com and download it wherever you get your podcasts. We also want to give a huge thank you to Lady Lisa of House Sky, Pie Romancer. She's been major behind the scenes getting our website, GameOfMicrophones.com, up and running. She is a marvelous artist, you guys. Insane talent. you got to check all of her workouts at fineartsbylisa.com you can also check out her illustrated children's book The People You May See available now on amazon.com you can also see her work on Instagram and Facebook slash fineartsbylisa make sure to also check out Lord Travis Obsidian Crow one of our guest hosts new leather and meadery he's a great amazing leather worker he's done some really really cool stuff and he's opening up a new meadery, which is awesome. Make sure to check it out if you're in uh, the Milwaukee, Oregon area. And, it's just uh, outside of Portland. Yeah, and also go to weirdleatherandmead.com. That's weird, which is spelled kind of weird. <laughs> W-Y-R-D, weirdleatherandmead.com. I'm looking forward to trying some of that myself. Actually, he's got pre-orders that'll be happening pretty soon for the mead. Nice. So I'm looking forward to ordering some mead. I will definitely be ordering some mead. Definitely. And he's actually got a new Patreon going, too, so you guys can help him uh, finish, get set up if you want. And there's some nice. cool, uh, cool incentives uh, for supporting the Patreon as well. You can hear Kristen, Jason, and other Podcastica hosts covering Game of Thrones Season 8 over at House Podcastica. They've released a new episode covering Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 2, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. You can find that at housepodcastica.com or by searching for House Podcastica on your favorite podcast platform. Next episode, we'll be covering Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3. The Battle title. of Winterfell. Yeah, the title of which is still unknown, <laughs> but it's the Battle of Winterfell. For oh, sure. God. Make sure to give it a watch, which we don't need to tell you to do. You're going to watch the new episode. We know you will. But send us your thoughts. We'd love to read them on air. If you'd like to call, you can call us at 813-563-3739. That's 813-JOFFREY. 
If you would like to write in, you can email us at ravens at gameofmicrophones.com. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash G-O-M podcast. Imp You can also listen to Game of Microphones on YouTube, BitChute, and Steemit. Just search for Game of Microphones to find our channel. Likes, comments, and shares are greatly appreciated. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Minds at G-O-M Podcast. And we're on Tumblr, too, at Game of Microphones. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. High in the halls of the kings who are gone, Jenny would dance with her ghosts. The ones she had lost, and the ones she had found, and the ones who had loved her the most. The ones who'd been gone for so very long, she couldn't remember their names. They spun her around on the damp old stones, spun away all her sorrow and pain. And she never wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. They danced through the day and into the night, through the snow that swept through the hall. From winter to summer to winter again, till the walls did crumble and fall. And she never wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. That song that Podrick sings, I'm, it's like been in my head all day long and it's like haunting it's, you. It is. It's, it's haunting me because it, it reminds me of Reigns of Castamere. Yeah. Like not really the sound, like the sound of it, but like the lyrics, like the snow blowing through the empty halls, Jenny dancing with ghosts. Like yeah, there's well, nobody there. Speaking of that high in the halls of the Kings who are gone, Jenny would dance with her ghosts. You know what that made me think of speaking of the crypts of Winterfell. Yeah, I, the I Kings thought I see it as gone. like in Winterfell and the crypts underneath with all the, the dead Kings. Yeah. And a dance with ghosts sort of evoked a, an, a like a, a feeling of a fight against the undead to me. So I think it was yeah. kind of foreshadowing that the people in the crypts among the halls oh, of the Kings fucked. who are gone, you know, are going to be dancing with the ghosts. They're totally <sighs> fucked. <laughs> oh, just got goosebumps. Tyrion tries to defend him. <laughs> your yeah. grace, I know my brother. And she like cuts him off like you knew your sister and oh my god the amount of like venom and just pure authority that she's giving off in this scene is incredible she seems really really strong and in charge in this scene i was i was impressed and so now jamie's kind of like what is going uh, on here (laughs) perhaps he trusts his little brother to defend him right up to the moment he slits my throat so crazy i was like oh that is such a good point because that's exactly how i would play it you know if i needed to like (laughs) infiltrate oh my god he armored me he armed me with his valyrian steel sword and he did it because he he promised your mother that he would return you safe to winterfell because he'd sworn an oath to your mother i mean what 
Like what a revelation that was probably for, for Sansa. Sansa. Her look on her face Jamie, is like, oh my fucking god. That Jamie dude. Lannister was the reason that she, that Brienne was sent to her. Basically, yeah, I, I was surprised to to find out that she didn't know this already. That Bri- Brienne just it never came up. You know what I mean? Like Jamie Lannister gave me this sword and sent me to protect you. I know. Oh, yes, by the way, this sword is made from your father's sword. <laughs> you know? Like, does anybody know right? about oh that? Oh my god, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Like she didn't explain anything about how she ended up. <laughs> going to find Sansa or anything like that, you know? It's hilarious. Yeah. And they're hard to kill in the fact that, you know, they're dead people. <laughs> um, what is dead you know, may never die. They're hard to kill. But kill the fuckers anyways. Yeah. He's just sort of inherited the memories of all of the Three-Eyed Ravens just sort mm. of have been conglomerated into his brain. And he's like downloaded all of them. I don't necessarily think that it download. Yeah. Download data. You know, I don't think it necessarily means that he was all of the three eyed Ravens, but from his download, from his data download, he knows that the, the night King is just constantly coming after the three eyed Ravens. Interesting. Constantly. Like, <laughs> That's, right, right, right. He thought Bran was a stalker and a creeper. <laughs> the Night King's got a <laughs> Bran tracker. King? He's like, where's Bran right now? <laughs> See where this little bastard is. He's like a helicopter parent. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. That's great. Checking the GPS on their kid's phone. Danny's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You are going to be down in the crypt because... I need your mind at the end of this. Uh, if we survive, I need your mind. I know, and this is like what makes me feel the worst about this because we keep hearing that the crypt the crypts are safe it's you know not safe. and Jorah made all this effort to get Tyrion back in in Danny's good graces in this episode by going and vouching for him and now he's back in her good graces and she's trying to protect him but she's going to send him into the crypts to his death potentially and mm. he's gonna have to go down there and fight like he he volunteered he's like I, I can fight i've done it before no we don't want you to fight we want you to go to the crypts but he's gonna go into the crypts and he's gonna be forced to fight to protect the children and to protect the mothers and the innocent people down there but he's not gonna have big warriors to back him up and i'm really fucking worried that we're gonna lose Tyrion in the crypts next episode oh no i think we're gonna lose a lot of people in the crypts what happened at Hard Home? What part? Come at me, bro. Come at me, crow. Oh, yeah. Remember? When he, he resurrects. Yeah, and there's all these dead there's Starks and Direwolves. of dead Starks and stuff in the crypts. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, a lot of them are probably so decomposed, though. They're <sighs> just literally skeletons. But, I mean, that didn't stop the ones that killed it Jojen. It did not. That's right. It totally did not. We could see skeleton Ned coming out. (laughs) Headless skeleton Ned. (laughs) He might still have some skin on his bones, but like Grandpa Stark and Great Grandpa Stark and the last King of the North Stark, they're they're skeletons for sure. It was just Ned's bones that were returned to Catelyn. So we know that it is just his bones. Minus minus his head. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, oh yeah, because his head is on the spike. <laughs> if we see a headless skeleton running around, we know it's Ned. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Bran. Oh, Bran's going to be a sitting duck, man. He is such a sitting duck. I, I sitting hope Bran raven, doesn't die. I guess. Yeah. He doesn't die in the Battle of Winterfell. Oh my I feel God. like we need him. We would feel very lost if Bran died, and that may be a feeling that... Um, yeah. That they want to give us. They may want to make us feel lost Perhaps. after Winterfell. So if if we lose Bran, that could be a way to throw everything out of whack. Bran's like, I'm not angry at anyone. I love that he also <laughs> says, I'm not um, 
what does he say? Sorry, hold on. Oh, I'm something else now. He doesn't oh, even yeah. say I'm someone. I'm someone. Something. I'm something. Yeah, it's really it's interesting. Like, so Jamie's got to be like wondering, like, what is he talking about, right? This kid is weird. Chilling response from Bran. He's like, how do you know there is an afterwards, right? I was like, oh Jamie my god. Jamie contemplates it too. He's like, I don't. Yeah, he's <laughs> Nobody like, Nobody does. Yeah, even Jamie's like, fuck, right? God damn, this I'm so, so nervous for next intense. week. I'm so I know, nervous. I'm telling you, I've had a pit in my stomach ominous. all day. Oh, it's awful. So ominous. <laughs> god damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not good. <laughs> like it's good. I'm really, I'm really, really nervous for, oh. for Tyrion. So if <laughs> there's a bug in my face. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> so, the joys uh, of podcasting in a garage. <laughs> yeah. This moment in time where it's placed, you know, she never wanted to leave. Like we're having this this epic, great episode where all these good things are happening and Bran's being knighted and Jamie and, and Tyrion are hanging out and he's been accepted into the fold and all of these good things are happening. And next week we're going to get horror, basically. So... <laughs> Right now, like, we oh never God. want to leave. We never wanted to leave. Like, we don't want to leave this moment. We're going to be plunged into madness next week, and it's going to suck. You know? I'm I'm sad already. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying with that song? Like, how it fits this mm -hmm. moment perfectly? Yeah. Like, we're in this little bubble of it happiness. Whole, it fits this whole episode, really. Yeah, and, like, if we know anything, like, we should know. Like, we don't want to leave this moment. We, like, cherish it while we have it, people. Yeah. You know? He's telling her the truth about who he is, and right. she doesn't and believe it exactly. at first. And so, I think... He, she's going to kind of like replay those moments in her mind. And because he says, it's the truth, Danny. Right. Like, right. I wouldn't. I know. I don't really. <laughs> I wish it wasn't, but it's the fucking truth. Search your feelings, Daenerys. <laughs> Search your feelings, Daenerys. <laughs> you know this to be true. <laughs> I think Drogo really loved. <laughs> the bug is back. <laughs> I think. Drogo really loved Daenerys. Danny's put aside her concerns for the Iron Throne for now to come fight the undead. That's what you need to be worried about. Don't worry about what's going to happen with the North afterwards. Like Bran said, how do you even know there's going to yeah, be an exactly. afterwards? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, Bran nailed it. It's like, we need to get through this night. And if... It's going to be a long one. I mean, who who knows who's going to survive? I mean, Danny could die and this could all be a moot point because Jon would take the Iron Throne and could give the north to sansa or danny could survive and john could john and sansa could die and she could say fuck this it's a part of the seven kingdoms i want the north i mean it's it's a crapshoot right now because <laughs> crap there's an army of dead people marching on winterfell this is this is, sansa needs to get out of the traditional thought process of right um, she's not on hierarchy. the level yet. yeah she's still like She's still Can't struggling with it. Get over it. John's there. And Danny's there. Um, Tyrion's there. Jorah's there. Uh, everybody. Jamie's there. <laughs> Jamie's there, as we know now. Yeah, Sansa's just not quite there yet. She hasn't seen the undead yet. That's right. And everyone else has. Basically. So maybe, maybe that'll do it. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe they're they'll they're like cutting her some slack right now about it. Maybe Danny's like, you know, she still hasn't seen the undead. Wait a couple hours and she'll understand that she needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Worry about this first. You know? When she sees a dragon spinning blue flames out of its mouth with an ice king, night king on top of it. And 
an army of dead people like rushing the castle. Or when she sees her dead ancestors chewing their way through her bedroom door. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> like, the way that Danny was exuding power in the first scene of this when she was commanding over the, over the meeting that they were all having, Liana Mormont just expels this authority from her that's just incredible. Like, she totally upstages Ian Glenn here. Like... <laughs> She's pretty, uh, she's a powerful little girl That's or young, young woman. Dude. I mean, she really is. And she's stunningly beautiful too. She has like this amazing facial, like bone structure. She's that definitely gotten would, taller over the, over the past couple of years. She's gotten history. a lot taller. She's definitely grown up a little bit. Jorah is just bitch made by, by Lady Liana. Bitch made. Oh my God. What a hilarious uh, scene. <laughs> you know, she's so badass. <laughs> I fought before. I can fight again. She was at the Battle of the Bastards. You know? Yes, she was. Like, yes, God she was. Damn, she is such a G, man. I know. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be Leona Mormont. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, brings to life this whole, like, epic of, of Liana's story that's been hidden from reality to somebody who is Liana effectively is um, Danny's sister-in-law. Yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's important related. that Danny knows the truth and doing it in front of Liana's statue, I thought was a nice tribute to Liana, to his mother, which I thought was appropriate. My name, my <laughs> real name is Egon Targaryen. And she like, got goosebumps all over my arms. <laughs> and she like, turns like jerks away from him do you, do you notice that i know she like like it, it was almost like a oh like don't don't say that like that cannot be <laughs> right and she Craziness. Goes, it's, impossible. it's totally impossible like how is that fucking possible it's impossible that luke skywalker <laughs> moment you know with <laughs> with darth vader that's this is obviously a reference to that too as well as she bled to death on her birthing bed let's give the boy to her brother happened to your father. Let's stop. He told me enough. To raise as his bastard. He told me you killed him. No. I. My name. Father. My real name. No. Is Aegon Targaryen. That's not true. That's not true. Who told you this? Run. He saw it. And Samuel confirmed it. No, I am Egon Targaryen. <laughs> no, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Kermit of Frog, the, the frog emoji true. where he's like, yeah. If this were true, it would make you the last male of the House Targaryen. You'd have claim to the Iron Throne, and then before John has a chance to say, "I don't Doo-doo. care about the Iron Throne," yeah, three blasts, three blasts, <laughs> people. Damn it! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. god! It's gonna be crazy. A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> oh my god! There's a fucking bucket here. Damn it. Bug in your hair? <laughs> it just flew up from <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> oh, it. man. These are going to be some good outtakes. How would you describe Game of Thrones? A looming undead threat rides south from beyond the wall while, the, while five kings squabble over, pe- <laughs> over their petty differences in the southern kingdoms, oblivious to the northern threat. 
Jamie is to Brienne as Theon is to John. Which is that something you could agree with? Sure, I totally agree. Absolutely. This is like a whole new chapter for Brienne, and hopefully, it's longer than just a page. <laughs> I, mean, like, I hope so. Like, I think uh, it will be. It could be a short ass so- chapter. I feel like we need to take a moment here to mention all of the incredible wardrobe changes in this season. Oh my god, Danny's jacket with the red and the gray. Dude, oh my god. And Sansa, her like Sansa multi-layered looks like level hot, leather. She looks like, like a dominatrix. Cracking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I said on the live show last night. She looks like a straight dominatrix. She's got a chain she totally around her does. neck and everything like a choke chain. And it's like all leather strips across her bust and she looks phenomenal like lay- yeah the layers of strips it's yeah um, cool. leona mormont looks oh man amazing. her armored outfit is incredible super crisp and like jorah, crisp. jorah mormont as well his new armor is just fantastic looking everybody has a, an, a wardrobe makeover that is just next level like they really did themselves this season with the wardrobe um even better than it's ever been i think which says a lot i thought that was worth mentioning I completely agree. I thought the dialogue. Sorry, it's still loading the see more thing for me. I don't know what's taken. Facebook is being so slow on my end recently. Arya's scenes were simultaneously badass and humanizing and a reminder that the next episode will likely lead to several premature deaths. I could go on. Sad face. (laughs) 